Kool-Aid brand regular and sugar-sweetened soft drink mix. You're never too old for Kool-Aid. And by Firestone, the people tire people, who now put steel between you and tire trouble. This is Jim Simpson along with Sandy Koufax in Atlanta Stadium. The National League, the losers last year by a score of 6-4 to four in a game played at Detroit in which there were six home runs, three by each side, with a deciding home run hit by Frank Robinson. Robinson is now over the National League playing with the Dodgers. But prior to last year's loss to the National League, the American League had lost to the National League nine consecutive times. And the National League, a very slow starter in this series that began back in 1933, now owns a 23-18 edge. There was one tie in the second game in 1961. Played up at Boston's Fenway Park. It was one-to-one with Calavito's American League home run, the only run for the American League at the end of nine when rain ended it all. So the series stands at 23-18-1. This broadcast is authorized under broadcast rights granted by the Commissioner of Baseball solely for the entertainment of our listening audience. In any publication, rebroadcast, or other use of the descriptions and accounts of the game without the express consent of the Commissioner of Baseball is prohibited. We'll give you the lineups in a moment, but first of all, we would like to welcome all of you listening around our country and those of you tuning in via satellite in Europe. And we're also heard this evening by shortwave cable in Saigon, in the Philippines, the Canal Zone, Alaska, and Turkey, as well as in Japan. And we say hello to all of you. Now for the American League, the visiting team, this is the lineup. Rod Carew of the Minnesota Twins will lead it off and play second base. Rod is hitting 301 in his sixth consecutive starting appearance as the American League second baseman in the All-Star game. Bobby Mercer is out in center field for the second time in as many years, and Mercer is the lone Yankee on this squad. How times have changed. Reggie Jackson of the Oakland A's, who hit that mammoth home run last year off Doc Ellis in Detroit, is out in right field tonight. Batting fourth, cleanup, and playing at first base is Dick Ritchie Allen of the Chicago White Sox. This is Dick Allen's fourth start in 1965 and 67. He was a third baseman while playing with the Philadelphia Phillies. In 1970, while with the St. Louis Cardinals, he played first base. Now here he is over in the American League playing first base and representing the Chicago White Sox. Carl Dostromsky, believe it or not, Carl Dostromsky had his first home run since last September the 3rd, last Saturday. But Yaz has still been voted in to the all-star starting lineup and will play left field and bat fifth. Remember a couple of years ago down in Cincinnati, that ball game went 12 innings. Jastrzemski played six of those 12 innings in the outfield, six in the infield. He went all the way. Now a source of contention. Bobby Gritch from Baltimore is playing at shortstop. Not that Bobby Gritch does not deserve an all-star shot, but when Luis Saparicio, who was voted onto the squad, came up with a fractured finger, Campy Campaneras of the Oakland A's was announced as replacement for him and announced that he would start. And yet Earl Weaver said yesterday afternoon in a press conference that Bobby Gritch, his shortstop with the Orioles, had been hitting close to 290 for him all year, and he was going to be start starting, and uh, Campy Campaneras, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on, is not happy at all. Brooks Robinson, who else? Bat seventh, his 16th consecutive All-Star game. The Baltimore Orioles third baseman hitting a 258. And batting eighth, the catcher from Detroit, and his sixth starting assignment is Bill Freehand. The pitcher, another Baltimore Oriole, is Jim Palmer, who has won 13 and lost four. Now for the National League, and what a lineup this is. Joe Morgan of Cincinnati, who leads the league and runs with 81, second in stolen bases with 36, first in walks with 73, leads it off. 
Now, Roberto Clemente was to have started in center field tonight, but Clemente is not starting, sliding into a base on Sunday. His first time back after being out with the virus for two weeks, he has hurt his knee. And so Willie Mays gets the starting call tonight, and for Willie, this is his 23rd All-Star game. Only one man has more, that is Stan the Man Musial, with 24. Out in right field, and you'll hear a great cheer for him, Hank Aaron, hitting a 258. 20 home runs this year, 659 in his lifetime, and more than 2,000 RBIs. His home runs and RBIs, of course, are second only to the great man Babe Ruth, whose two-run home run out in Chicago in 1933 won the first American League game and the first All-Star game for the American League by a 4-2 score. Willie Stargell will bat fourth, clean up, playing out in left field, hitting at 296, last year's home run and RBI champion for the majors. Now, remember, Stargell and Aaron currently are playing for the Braves and Pirates at first base, but they were voted into the outfield. Johnny Bench, what a sensational year, leading the majors with 24 home runs and 72 RBIs, catches from the Cincinnati Reds and bats fifth. Lee May, who has been on the All-Star squad before, but is making his first starting appearance, used to be with Cincinnati, now with the Houston Astros, will bat sixth and play first base. And how's this for a lineup? When you can have the most valuable player of last year, the man who led... Both leagues in hits with 230. Joe Torrey, the St. Louis Cardinals, is batting seventh, believe it or not. Don Kessinger of the Chicago Cubs, switch hitter, is playing shortstop and batting eighth. And Bob Gibson is batting ninth. Gibson lost his first of five games of this year and has since won 11 in a row. So his record is 11 and 5. Now, Aparicio, we've already mentioned, out with a fractured finger from the American League squad. Amos Otis of Kansas City also on the squad, and he is out injured. And Toby Hara, also on the squad from Texas, he is out injured. There was no such injury announced until tonight for the National League when Clemente bowed out. Well, Sandy Koufax is my partner, but Sandy, for the moment, is not in the booth because Sandy, next month, is going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New York. And while Sandy is not in the booth, I can say these things about it. He is the youngest man ever voted in to the Hall of Fame. He was voted in exactly five years after he stopped baseball. That's the minimum that you must be out of baseball. And he was voted in with the largest number of votes ever accumulated by any one man. That's the kind of man and the kind of player my broadcast partner, Sandy Koufax, was and is. And after he and several other Hall of Famers throughout the first ceremonial pitches tonight, he'll join us in the booth. But I worked for many years with... A colleague of mine, former Yankee great at shortstop. As a matter of fact, he played everywhere. He was rookie of the year in 1957, and he made the All-Star squad in the second year in 1958. He's working the television side for NBC Tonight, and just moments ago, by tape, I talked with the former Yankee and friend, Tony Kubek. Tony, there are all different kinds of ways to approach an All-Star game, and that uh, Sandy Koufax, for example, would be talking about the pitching, but you've been in this position before, a youngster, in 1958 in your first All-Star game. What were your feelings back then? And equate them, if you will, to a youngster like Carlton Fisk, who possibly will see action today, the youngster from the Boston Red Sox. Jim, I know just what you're talking about. And, of course, uh, the All-Star game at times has been mentioned, even by players, as a glorified exhibition game. Not true. I saw Carlton Fisk around the batting cage today and out on the field. He was in complete awe of all the superstars around him, the Mays, the Clementes, the Yastrzemskis. And I remember my All-Star game, the first one, when Ted Williams ran up and down the dugout, exhorting the American League on to score more runs, more runs. And as soon as that first pitch was thrown, I looked at Williams, who was my boyhood idol, 
and I knew what that game was all about. It was play for keep, just like a regular season game or a World Series. Now, let me ask you about two different pitchers. First of all, Bob Gibson, who reportedly said, and then later denied it when Earl Weaver brought it up, that he didn't want to pitch in this game, that he thought the regular season was more important, and he was looking ahead to a Thursday start and did not want to start tonight's game. Well, Bob claims, and I think uh, he was, that he was misquoted. He did never say that he did not want to pitch in the ball game. He said he preferred to pitch Thursday against Montreal because it meant the pennant, or the pennant could be at stake. And to turn that around a little bit, Jim, I just came up from the American League clubhouse. I talked to Campy Campanaris to show you the irony of it and a reverse of what Gibbs, the Gibson story. Campanaris is so incensed that he is not starting this ball game. He has come out and told Earl Weaver, his manager, if you don't start me, I don't want to play. Of course, when the game goes along, he'll play, I'll bet. Another thing happened now down in the dugout. Mickey Lolich, who of course is not getting the starting nod, it'll be Jimmy Palmer. Lolich has said, I want to start this game, I deserve it. So that's completely contradictory to what we're talking about with Bob Gibson. All right, now maybe some people do not know that Luis Aparicio was selected as the all-star shortstop. Campanaris was later picked and named as a starter. Now by whom, I don't know. Perhaps by the league office. Not by Earl Weaver, as far as I know. And when Weaver got done here, he went for his own youngster, Bobby Gritch. And that is why Campanaris is incensed. Well, let's continue on with Lolich. Billy Martin is telling uh, Earl Weaver, his opponent in the American League East pennant race, don't pitch my man more than two innings, and apparently he went to the league office to try to stop Earl Weaver. Earl Weaver said he has absolutely no comment. He said he's going to start his pitcher, Jim Palmer, with the full intention of Palmer going three innings if he's looking good. He said, and that's answer enough. If my man can go three innings in a pennant race, Billy Martin's man can go three innings. That's a funny thing, hanging around and walking around and being with you and Sandy... I get the National League viewpoint from Sandy, and we'll get a lot of that through tonight's game. But from you, I get the American League viewpoint. They were leading for a long while. Then the National League won eight straight before last year. What do you think about the leagues, and what do you think about tonight? Jim, tonight specifically, I feel that the National League has the best eight men on the field, better than the American League. I think possibly because the American League's pitching staff has had more rest. They have had pitchers uh, who have pitched last Thursday and Friday with two and three days rest in some instances. Most of the National League aces have pitched just like Saturday and Sunday. I think this gives the edge to the American League for this reason. I also feel that the American League's defense may be a little bit better, especially in the outfield. Uh, Willie Stargell has had knee problems. He does not move around very well anymore. Clemente, I understand, is going to be out of the ballgame tonight. He hurt his knee sliding on Sunday. Henry Aaron is getting old. Let's face it, he's in his late 30s. He still hits the ball and was a great defensive outfielder, but he is hurting with that right knee. So I think that they have problems defensively in the outfield. And this be the, could be the outcome of the game. I'll say, hey, you left something out there. The fellow that's taking over for Clemente in center field is no youngster himself, Woody Mays. Well, great ball player. He's going to be batting in the number two spot, which what was Clemente's spot. But again, Willie has slowed down somewhat. He still knows the hitters, knows how to play the outfield, but he has slowed down. Well, one game does not make one league tougher than the other, of course. But the National League has been the dominant league in recent years. And... Is there a reason, or don't you believe that the National League is the stronger league, as most people seem to do? Jim, seven of the last nine All-Star games have been decided by one run, so it has not been a complete domination. Last year's All-Star game was decided by two runs, six to four. The American League has some power. In this ballpark, if a pitcher is not careful, and this is a disadvantage for the American League because they don't know Atlanta Stadium, if they get the ball high in the strike zone, Aaron, Lime, Stargell, you know what's going to happen. You've seen it happen before, and Sandy can tell you that. The balls are going to go out of this park. His balls are off the handles fly out of here. Well, Denny McLean and everybody listening knows the saga of Denny, the 31-game winner with Detroit. And then, of course, he went on to the Washington Senators, the old Senators, out with Oakland, down with Birmingham, and is now back with Atlanta. And he is writing for a local newspaper. And according to Denny, who had not been in the National League before, 
He said the launching pad for all of our space shots should have been Atlanta Stadium and not Cape Canaveral or Cape Kennedy. He's right. We've seen balls fly out here, and it's not to discredit Henry Aaron and all the home runs. I think he's hit 146 of his career home runs in his ballpark, but the ball does fly out here. But still, my feeling is with these two pitching staffs, I do not think we're going to see a high-scoring ball game. I do not think it's going to be a power game because these guys could get in a telephone booth, and it's hard to hit a ball out of the ballpark on them. It's just, they're just that kind of pitchers, power pitchers. All right, Tony, our thanks for being with us. Before you turn to the television side, before you leave, any final thought at all about tonight's game as we're about to begin it? Well, I want to pick the American League because of a well-rested pitching staff. I just think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I'm even going to go out on a limb and say 3-2 to two American League. 3-2 to two American League, you heard it here, right? <laughs> I'll be wrong again, but you heard it here. <laughs> Thank you, Tony Kubek, very much. Well, we'll keep that in mind. Tony Kubek, former New York Yankee, now of NBC Picks, the American League by a 3-2 to two score. While we were talking with Tony... The packed crowd here at Atlanta Stadium in Georgia has been entertained by the Third Army Band and the Georgia State University Choir. In just a few moments, everybody on this American and everybody on this National League squad will be introduced one by one to the crowd here at Atlanta Stadium. Bob Gibson, 11-5 this year. He has won 217 games lifetime, 6'1", 195 pounds. He's 36 years old, born, still lives in Omaha, Nebraska, and one of the fastest working pitchers. In baseball today, we will hardly have a chance to get our breath before Bob will be up and throwing again. Now, how long he will go tonight, of course, depends on how effective he is and how long, really, that his manager, Danny Murtaugh, wants to keep him in there. But remember, the pitchers cannot, except under usual, unusual extra-inning circumstances, stay in the ball game more than three innings. So the most we will see Bob Gibson tonight is for the first three innings. 11-5 and five this year, fine earn run average, 2.49. He has struck out 111 and walked only 41. And as we said, he lost his first five, but then came back to win his next 11. And speaking of Danny Murtaugh, remember he was the manager of the winning Pittsburgh Pirates, that seven-game thriller with the Baltimore Orioles in the World Series last year. Well, Danny is retired and is back, though, out of retirement to manage tonight's National League All-Star squad. And talking to Murtaugh before tonight's game, he said he has only seen about a dozen games all year long, and they have been National League games. Well, Earl Weaver has been introduced. He's managing his third consecutive American League squad. And Weaver said, I'm not down here for the fun of it. I am down here to have fun, but I'm down here to win. The American League must come back. They are introducing the lineup as we gave them to you. We'll run it down again. Rod Carew at second base from Minnesota. Bobby Mercer in center field from New York. Reggie Jackson batting third and right field from Oakland. Dick Allen of the White Sox batting cleanup, playing first base. Carl Yastrzemski out in left field batting fifth. Bobby Gritch batting sixth, playing shortstop. Brooks Robinson at third base. Bill Freehand, the catcher, and Jim Palmer, the pitcher. Now for Jim Palmer, another big man. 6'3", 196 pounds, 26 years old, 10 years younger than his opponent tonight, Bob Gibson. But like Gibson, he is a right-hander. Jim was born in New York, grew up in Los Angeles, but had a great high school career out in the Scottsdale, Arizona area where he was all-state in baseball, basketball, and football at Scottsdale High and now lives outside of Baltimore in Timonium. He went to Arizona State University and also Towson State. Jim Palmer is one of the great comeback stories of all time. He was one of those youngsters back in 1966 when the Baltimore Orioles took four straight from the Los Angeles Dodgers, including one from Sandy Koufax that won the World Series. And thereafter, Palmer was just not the same. He had back and right shoulder problems in 1967. The very next year, he pitched only nine games for the Orioles, seven games in the minors. The next year, 1968, he pitched only in the minors, that for 10 games. 
He had suffered torn muscles in his lower back in 1969 and was on the disabled list for about six weeks, but here he is in 1972, and he is starting this all-star game, the 43rd. Now, Tony Kubek, in our talk with him, mentioned the fact that the American League pitchers had been rested more. Jim Palmer, his last game, was last Thursday, so that gives him plenty of rest. In that, he had no decision in the game with Kansas City, worked seven and two-thirds innings, gave up three runs and seven hits. Bob Gibson has had rest. On Friday, he went nine innings and defeated these Atlanta Braves by a score of two to one. Now, thereafter, when you dip down into the barrel of who is to be next, Earl Weaver of the American League has already said Mickey Lolich will be next. The last he pitched was on Friday when he won 3-1 to at Texas going the full nine innings. As you heard Tony said, Lolich says, heck, I should be starting this game. Weaver says, no, you will replace Palmer as the number two pitcher. So Weaver is showing strong family ties when he names Bobby Gritch as his shortstop over Burt Campanaris, who had picked, been picked over the injured Luis Aparicio, and when he picked Jim Palmer to start the game over 17-game winner, Mickey Lolich. Now, the National League, who will go second? Well, Danny Murtaugh has not said. But it is a cinch, and as we said, Bob Gibson will go first. Five of the last seven games in this All-Star Classic have been decided by one run. The official scores tonight, and there are always some scoring disputes. Jack Lang of the Long Island Press, who's the secretary of the Baseball Writers Association of America. From the Minneapolis Star, Max Nichols, who's the chairman of the BBWAA. And locally, from Atlanta, the Atlanta Constitution, Wayne Minshew. So those are the three scorers tonight. Jack Lang, Max Nichols, and Wayne Minshew. The Oakland Athletics, who at this moment lead the Western Division of the American League by six and a half games over Chicago, have six players here. Baltimore, which trails Detroit in the Eastern Division of the American League by a game, has five players here here. And over in the National League for the Pirates, they've got the most. They've got five, and the Pirates right now lead their Eastern Division of the National League by five and a half games. Because of the players' strike and because of many rainouts and other considerations, this All-Star game is about three weeks later in the schedule than normally. But you know, there's an old saying about the All-Star break. The team that is winning its division at the All-Star break, that hand is for Willie Mays. They did not know he was going to start tonight over Clemente. And let me pause right here because the next man to be introduced is Henry Hank Aaron with those 659 home runs. Standing ovation for Aaron. And if you think this capacity crowd has given Hank a welcome here, if he hits one out of here tonight, we may get this game held up for minutes. Well, back to the subject of standings at the All-Star break. Last year at this time in the National League, Pittsburgh was 10 games ahead of New York and Chicago and went on to win its division. Pittsburgh now is five and a half games ahead of New York. In the National League West at the All-Star break a year ago, San Francisco was six games ahead of the Dodgers. But the big red machine of 1970 has come alive in 1972. Cincinnati is now on top, six games ahead of Houston. What happened to San Francisco? 
Well, they are 11 games below the 500 mark and 16 and a half games out. That's the turnaround the Giants have had over last year. In the American League, a year ago at the All-Star break, Baltimore was on top of the Eastern Division by five and a half games over Boston. Baltimore now trails Detroit by one game this year. In the National League West last year, Oakland was 11 and a half games ahead of Kansas City. This year, Oakland is six and a half games ahead of Chicago. Once these players have been introduced, we will have those ceremonial pitches that I spoke of in which Sandy Koufax will participate. Sandy to be selected to the, well, he's already been selected, but brought into the Hall of Fame at Cooperstown, New York. Next month. Our national anthem will be played in just a moment. And that's another story, a sidebar story to this year's All-Star Game, Pearl Bailey was asked to sing the national anthem but had to decline because of illness. Ray Stevens, a fine musician and singer himself, is an Atlanta boy, an Atlanta man. And they asked Ray to take over, but he has checked into the hospital, we understand, with a kidney stone problem. And so, as of this morning, they did not knew, know who was going to sing our national anthem prior to this 43rd All-Star game. The answer is Dennis Yost will be introduced. And he will sing our national anthem. After which, we will add those first pitchers and managers Earl Weaver, uh, the Baltimore Earls in the American League, and Danny Murtaugh, ex of the Pittsburgh Pirates, and of the National League, will present their lineup cards, and then this 43rd All-Star game will get underway. Pretty good hand there for Manny Sanguian. There's a great argument raging around the National League, and I'm sure everywhere where people will pay attention to baseball. Who's the better catcher? Johnny Bench of Cincinnati, who this year drew more votes than any other man on either squad. Or there are those who say that Manny Sanguian of the Pittsburgh Pirates is the better catcher. The coaches tonight, first of all, for the visiting American League, Bob Lemon of Kansas City will be stationed at first base. He's the manager of the Royals. Dick Williams, manager of the Oakland A's, will be stationed over at third base. The coaches for the National League, Red Shandies of the St. Louis Cardinals. Remember that home run he hit back in 1950 in the 14th inning, the first extra inning All-Star game ever? He'll be at first base, and over at third base will be San Francisco's Charlie Fox. And now on one of the few National League fields that is not artificially turfed, on the grass in front of the mound goes the Army, Navy, Marine, and Coast Guard color guard with our flags, and Dennis Yost walks out. The microphone is brought out for him, and in just a moment, we'll have the playing and singing of our national anthem.
have a timetable that the Atlanta Braves set up for this All-Star game. They're running a couple of minutes behind time. But everybody here in Atlanta, and we hope that you are wherever you are, having a great time anticipating this 43rd renewal of the All-Star game. And now rising down below us at the commissioner's box, just partway down from home plate toward first base. Buck Leonard is going to throw out. He is a new member of the Hall of Fame, will be inducted. He's going to throw out one of the first pitches from the old Negro Baseball Leagues, now admitted to the Hall of Fame, Buck Leonard, as the photographer stand poised. Johnny Bench is over with him, and now Bill Freehan of Detroit. So we've got a National League catcher, an American League catcher, and Buck Leonard tosses this first pitch to Bill Freehan of the Detroit Tigers. Freehan returns the ball to Leonard, shakes his hand. Now, early win throws one. Big Gus with Cleveland and Washington won more than 300 ball games, and the Chicago White Sox, of course. Now, Lefty Gomez. Throws it out to Johnny Bench. And our friend, colleague, and companion, Sandy Koufax, will throw out the next. Sandy makes his toss to Johnny Bench. And the ceremonial first pitches are over. At home plate now, Danny Murtaugh, and it's good to see Danny back in baseball uniform. He says he misses it. He retired because of ill health, but he's back to manage this all-star game. Earl Weaver, the Baltimore Orioles, joining him there, talking with the umpires. And the umpires tonight, Stan Landis of the National League, a 17-year veteran, is calling balls and strikes for the third time in his all-star career. At first base in his third all-star game, Lou DeMuro of the American League. Down at second base, Lee Wire of the National League in his second game. Jerry Newdecker of the American League in his third game is a third base. Along the left field line, Jerry Dale of the National League is in his first All-Star game. And along the right field line, also in his first All-Star game, remember him, he used to be a pitcher with Kansas City, New York, Bill Kunkel, now an umpire with the American League. Well, as Murtaugh and Weaver talked with this staff of six American and National League umpires, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. This is WMAQ, NBC in Chicago. Currently 73 degrees. Now back to Atlanta. Hello again from Atlanta. This is Jim Simpson along with Sandy Koufax, who is still autographing baseballs down in the commissioner's box, but will join us for the play-by-play -play and commentary on this all-star game that you're hearing here in the United States and around the world. Umpires now being announced, and again, as the players of the National League are about to take the field, let us again point out, this is the 43rd. The National League lost last year, but holds an edge of five games. Over the American League, they've won 23, lost 18, and tied one game, a rain-shortened game. Well, they went the full nine innings to a 1-1 tie back in 1961. Umpires Kunkel and Dale start down the lines. Lee Wire marches out to second base, Landis begins to clear away behind home plate the line so that he can get a better look at that ball crossing the plate. Jerry Newdecker goes down to third and Lou DeMiro to first. And we'll continue with more pregame highlights right after this message. Is that home sweet home of yours ready for a new lease on life? Does it need a paint job upstairs or downstairs, inside or out? Well, if so, go on down to your independently owned Ace Hardware store because they've got the paint for everything. More flat paints, acrylic paints, enamels, varnishes. They also have the brushes, rollers, ladders, you name it. If it's something to do with paint, Ace has it. 
Get your home in tip-top shape and visit the store that gives you the popular prices and a tremendous selection of merchandise, more values, and certainly more service. That's Ace Hardware, the more store in the Chicagoland area. Now back to the All-Star Game. Here's Chicago's weather, partly cloudy and cool, low tonight in the middle to upper 50s, Wednesday sunny with a high in the upper 70s, lower near the lake, Wednesday night cloudy with a chance of showers and a low in the upper 50s, Thursday cloudy with a chance of rain and a high temperature reading in the upper 70s. Probability of precipitation, 0% tonight, 20% Wednesday, 40% Wednesday night. One of the few artificially, not artificially turfed diamonds in the National League. Most of them are artificially turfed, whereas over in the American League very few are. The Chicago White Sox have artificial turf on the infield only. Chief Nakahoma, who is the man who prances around and does his war dance every time a home run is hit here for the Atlanta Braves, is out dancing around the pitcher's mound now, and of course, he'll be out there hoping that Hank Aaron hits one for the Braves in the National League tonight. Back to the stadium, which is jam-packed. 330 feet down each foul line. The National League now takes the field. 375 feet in the power alleys in right and left center field and 402 feet straight away. Everybody talks about what a launching pad this is for home runs. Sandy Koufax can tell you a story that he tells on himself. He was pitching here. A line drive went by his ear. It bounced off the wall beyond the fence and came back in the playing field. By the time Sandy turned around, he was screaming for someone to field the ball. The ball got out of here so quickly, by the time he turned around, it had bounced back. He didn't know it was a home run. Big Bob Gibson of the St. Louis Cardinals, 11 consecutive wins, now warming up with the man who drew more votes than anybody else, Johnny Bench of the Cincinnati Reds. Johnny drew 1,229,677 votes. And by the way, the fans who for the last several years have been, again, the voters, the people who select the starting squad for the All-Star team this year turned out in record numbers, more than 3 million. We're glad to know that you're involved in the All-Star game, and we hope you enjoy tonight's game wherever you are. Defensively, as we've already set Gibson as the pitcher and Bench the catcher, it is Lee May of Houston at first base, Joe Morgan of Cincinnati at second base, Don Kessinger of the Chicago Cubs at shortstop, Joe Torrey of St. Louis at third base, Willie Stargell of the Pittsburgh Pirates in left field, Willie Mays starting over the injured Roberto Clemente. Mays of the New York Mets now out in center field. And Hank Aaron of the Atlanta Braves in right field. Uh, stepping in is Rod Carew, hitting a 301 on the year. Carew, an all-star play, and as we said, this is his sixth all-star starting assignment, is 0 for 10. Has yet to get a base hit in all-star play. Gibson is ready, and guess what? Gives him the fastball, and Carew tried to bunt his way on. It's foul off the third base line. Picked up by Bench, tossed to Torrey, and back to Gibson. Only Terry Moore has gone 0 for 10 in as many games. Now, others have gone 0 for 10, but then in that game in which they're also 0 for 10, they've gotten a hit to make themselves 1 for 11, but should Carew go hitless in tonight's appearance, he's going to set an all-star record that he wish he didn't. Gibson ready, Torian on the grass, swings and misses at a slider this time, and it's quickly two strikes to Rod Carew. On deck is Bobby Mercer of the New York Yankees. Naturally, the American League in their traveling uniforms, they are the visitors in Atlanta. Gibson is ready, comes back with a fastball. It's fouled out of play off to the left. Makes the seats down the left field line. Carew, left-handed batter, stands deep in the box. Crouches over, and a slider misses low and in around the knees. It's one ball, two strikes. 
Gibson, as we said, pitched last on Friday. Nine innings. Defeated Atlanta. Drive that is over the glove of May. Picked up by Morgan. Gibson covers and a fine play. Carew is out. Lee May charged his right off the bag, but it was a looping drive that fell in front of Joe Morgan, who was coming toward first base from his position at second. And Gibson, one of the finest athletes in the game, was quickly over there to cover and had Carew by a couple of steps. Here's Bobby Mercer hitting a 281 on the year, 14 home runs, 45 RBIs, the lone Yankee representative. Left-handed hitter with a crouch, pops the first one up. Bench very casually by the plate, tosses aside his mask and now tracks it down and one hands it. The foul pop-up. A Mercer goes for the first pitch. Now Reggie Jackson. 252 on the year, but 18 home runs, 57 RBIs. Dick Allen leads with 22 in the American League. Norm Cash, Mike Epstein, Reggie Jackson are all behind him with 18. Jackson hit that mammoth home run, remember? In Detroit, last year in the All-Star game. Came off Doc Ellis, deep in the upper deck. And this is a drive out to right field. Aaron is on his way back to the warning track and looks up. It is off the fence. Jackson on his way around first and Steams into second, hitting the first pitch for a double. Off the mark just to the left side of the 375 mark. Well, Jackson took dead aim, and here comes a fellow that has faced Dick Allen, uh, Bob Gibson many times before and has even been on the same team with him, talking about Dick Allen. 300 is average this year with the Chicago White Sox, and he leads the American League with 22 home runs and 66 RBIs. And he got more votes than anybody else in the American League. Right-handed batter, but has great power to all fields, and they play him straight away and deep. High and inside to him, and Bob Gibson says hello to Dick Allen. With a pitch under the chin. Jackson down at second base. There are two out on the top of the first. is no score. This one is a slider that catches the outside corner for knees. One ball, one strike. Gibson has yet to change to anybody. Bob is out there and simply throwing hard to the batters. He got Carew and Mercer easily. Jackson hit him for a double. Ground ball, chance for Morgan at second base. Second big hop, throws on to first base and has it. So no runs, one hit in the American League first. No errors, one man left. We go to the last of the first. There's no score in this 43rd annual All-Star game. When I say made in Detroit, what do you think of? Automobiles. What car companies can you think of? GM, Chrysler, Ford. When I say engineering, which of those companies do you think of? GM. Do you know what company uh, came up with the first fluid drive? I'm not sure. I'm tempted to say Chrysler. Right. Do you know what company first offered power steering? Chrysler? Uh-huh. Now, do you know the first company to use torsion bar suspension in all its cars? Also Chrysler. I'm picking up a pattern here. <laughs> what I'm trying to prove, what you're proving for me, uh, is, of course, that when I say engineering now, which one of those car companies do you think of? Now I would say Chrysler. Which is actually true, which is what most people do say. You know, you're unibody, you're unibody now, construction. Now that when I think of Chrysler, it's, uh, it's the engineering that I think of. You mentioned Chrysler. It's extra care in engineering. The 1972 cars of the Chrysler Corporation. Chrysler, Plymouth, and Dodge. And you take extra care, too. Buckle up. Use seat and shoulder belts. In Atlanta, Georgia, for the bottom half of the first inning of this All-Star Baseball game, Jim Simpson, and welcome, Sandy, and 
Honestly, I can say it in front of all these people. It was a thrill for me to see you toss out one of those first balls and realize you're going into the Hall of Fame next month. Well, Jim, thank you very much. It was a thrill for me, but uh, it sort of makes you feel like an old-timer. And uh, in the clubhouse, I saw some people I played with. I didn't feel that old. And uh, throwing out a first ball, I, I don't know. It's a great honor. It's a great thrill. Just being at the All-Star game is a thrill. All right, here's Joe Morgan of Cincinnati. Leads the league and the majors, for that matter, in runs scored with 81 and in walks with 73. Has also stolen 36 bases. What a leadoff man he is for the Cincinnati Reds. Jim Palmer of Baltimore throws high to Morgan. Ball one. Palmer's record 13-4 and four on the year. Willie Mays will follow. Then Hank Aaron batting cleanup to Stargell. Bench is the five-hitter. Lee Mays, six. Joe Torrey, the seven-hitter. Don Kessinger and Bob Gibson. There's a strike at the letters. One ball, one strike. Defensively, Allen is at first. Peru at second. Richard short. Robinson at third. Dostromsky in left. Bobby Mercer in center. Jackson in right. Freehand behind the plate. And Palmer throws. And that's ball two. Two balls, one strike. Jim, I think it's interesting to me that the All-Star game has taken on a new complexion. For years, it seemed like it was just an exhibition game. Uh, the best players in baseball, both leagues wanting to win. But nobody really out there that hard, I thought. But this year, all of a sudden, it looks like uh, both teams want to win very badly, and uh, it's a different situation, a different feeling. Strike two to Morgan, and Palmer is ready again. It's two balls, two strikes. Fouls this one off the fists and out of play. And waiting on deck is a fellow that he did not expect to start, but what a World Series career, or I should say All-Star and World Series career for that matter, Willie Mays has had. More about that when Willie steps in. No score. Last of the first. Count is two and two to Morgan. Left-handed hitter and hits this one off the fist. Freehand turns around to look, but it's going to hit up on the screen and drop down to some fans below in back of first base. Hot, muggy night. Had a thunderstorm in the area about six o'clock. Another one expected about nine o'clock. That is Eastern Daylight Time in the United States. Two balls, two strikes. Palmer, big right-hander, throws a slider that stays up high. It's three and two. Jim has struck out 103, walked 37. His earned run average, 1.92. Back with the 3-2 pitch, line to deep center field. Bobby Mercer goes back a few steps, back toward the warning track, and takes it for the first out. That'll bring up Willie Mays. In his 23rd All-Star game, only Stan Musial has more with 24. What about Willie? Most at-bats in All-Star game, 72. Most runs scored, 20. Most hits, 23. Most stolen bases, 6. You name it, and Willie's done it. Hits the first pitch, pops it up, off to the right side. Freehand over near the commissioner's box in foul territory, but it makes it in the seat. Strike one to Willie May. To talk about whether or not the players want to be here. Willie, his 23rd one this year, talking to him before the game, he said, I could have had three days off. He said, I was a little tired. He said, but this is the biggest thrill of the year to me. He says, I just love coming to the All-Star game, love to be here, love to play in it. And uh, you watch him play, you can tell he's having a good time. Breaking pitch, high bouncer. Robinson takes it at third base and has plenty of time to throw out Willie Mays. Two down and the National League first inning in this quarter's game. Mays was up there swinging and here comes Hank Aaron. batter, 659 home runs, tied with Babe Ruth for the most home runs ever hit for one man with a single ball club, and of course Ruth went on to hit a total of 714. Aaron needs 56 more to beat that S20 this year. Pitch on the outside corner, strike from Palmer. 
And, of course, Hank has more than 2,000 career RBIs, most in the National League, and second only again to Babe Ruth. One strike to Hank. Crowd wants him to hit one. A big lollipop slow curve comes up. It misses. It's one and one. Jim, and for all that, all the records that Hank has set, he's never really had a good all-star game. He had a home run last year in Detroit, but his all-star record has never been as good as he'd like it to be. Fastball has him swinging strike two. His home run in Detroit last year was his first all-star home run, and he's only hitting 182 in all-star play. And this is his 15th start, his 21st game. Fastball, and he's caught looking. Strikeout for Palmer. No runs, hits the errors. We've gone through one inning. American League, nothing. National League, nothing. I'm Kyle Rode. Last year, during the World Series, I helped introduce you to the amazing two-bladed razor from Gillette, the Track 2. Since then, over three million men have made the Track 2 the most successful new razor in history. Why? Because Gillette discovered an entirely new shaving principle that no one-blade razor can duplicate. Even if you shave twice, took two strokes instead of one, your one-blade razor just can't shave you like the two-bladed Track 2. You try. It beats any one-blade razor ever made. If you think Firestone's new Radio V1 tire gives you 40,000 miles or more, you're right. If you think the Radio V1 rides rough like some other radios, you're wrong. Radio V1 will give you a really comfortable ride. Firestone is so sure, they'll give you seven days to test ride it. If you don't like the way it handles or rides, you get your old tires and your money back. The 40,000-mile Radio V1. Another people tire from Firestone. Well, we've been talking an awful lot about baseball in the All-Star game. Let's talk about where we are. We are in the city of Atlanta, Georgia which yesterday celebrated its 125th anniversary and they had a giant cake downtown and a great crowd on hand to celebrate this anniversary of this great southern city in the United States. And they've already flashed on the board that 53,107 have paid their way in here this evening to watch this all-star game and that is the largest baseball crowd in Atlanta history. Bob Gibson has completed his warm-ups when a scoreless game American League has one hit. Reggie Jackson's double deep off the wall in right center field. National League has none. Carl Dostremski will lead it off. Dostremski hitting a 281. This is his eighth consecutive All-Star game. His ninth altogether. One home run, remember. That was last Saturday. His first since last September the 3rd. Left-handed batter and swings on the first pitch. Morgan there at second base. Has plenty of time to flip to Lee May. And there's one out. Tim, and we're getting a little action now in the National League bullpen. It looks like Steve Blass up and throwing is going to replace Bob Gibson next inning. And I think that's what Gibson meant when he said he didn't really want to start the game. Most years, the starters will go three innings. Danny Murtaugh, this year the manager, not managing any club, has decided no pitcher will go over two. Well, here's Bobby Gritch, whose selection takes a high pitch from Gibson. Caused some consternation. You heard Tony talk before the game. Campy Campanaris, very upset, does not want to play. Richard Baltimore selected over Campanaris after Aparicio came up with a fractured finger. Second pitch from Gibson, catches the corner at the knees, and it's one ball, one strike to Gritch. Right-handed batter, crouches. He's going to be a star, I mean a real star, and that accidentally fouled off to the right. Checked his swing. Ball hit the bat and bounced near the commissioner's box. Picked up by Bob Lemon. Manager of the Kansas City Royals and coaching at first base. An all-star career he had. One ball, two strikes to Gritch as we begin the second. 
Breaking pitch, it is hit high in the air, and off third base comes Joe Torrey in foul territory, moving Dick Williams out of the foul box and takes it, the coaching box, and takes it for the second out. Sandy, I don't know about you, but it looks pretty dark up there to me. We've had that one thunderstorm, and it doesn't look that good. Let's hope. Here's Brooks Robinson. Right-handed batter, and look out, it's high and inside to him from Gibson. Robinson in his 16th All-Star game. Hitting 258 this year with four home runs. Gibson, a fast worker, is right back with a fastball. High bounder. Torrey has to wait for it to come down. Throws on. Robinson, not the fastest, chugs down to first, and he is thrown out. And for the moment, Lee May forgot that Gibson got him one, two, three. Now runs, hits, or errors. None left. We go to the last of the second. American League, nothing. National League, nothing. I think unless you're real on the air, it's got to show through. I think the person who is a pretender uh, had better change his pretense. It's like Abe Lincoln once says, uh, don't be a liar unless you have a great memory. And I love conversation with people. I learn from people as much as I learn from uh, the erudite writers of our uh, fourth estate. I believe that I learn as much from the taxicab driver who brushes uh, uh, next to society all day long. Uh, I like to talk to women who have problems, uh, not only in their marital status, but uh, how do you maintain the budget in these days of uh, inflationary prices? So I learn from people as much as I learn from writers more experienced. Get acquainted with Howard Miller. Mornings from 6 to 10, right here on WMAQ. Jim Simpson with Sandy Koufax, the last of the second inning, and uh, Jim Palmer. Or would anybody be out of the woods against these kind of hitters? Sandy, Willie Stargell, Johnny Bench, and Lee May, all of whom can hit it out of here in Atlanta Stadium. I think that's the toughest part of pitching in an all-star game. In most lineups, you get past the fifth or sixth hitter, and you know that, well, they're not going to hit it out that often. Maybe there's two or three home runs by this time of year for the seventh and eighth hitter, but... In this kind of lineup, everybody can hit the long ball, and you make one wrong pitch, you slip once, and all of a sudden you're down a run. Stargell, the big left-handed hitter. 19 home runs, 68 RBIs, and he gets a breaking pitch. Looked like a slider that drops over. Strike one. They play him around to the right, and they play him deep. Willie stands deep. High fastball, one ball, one strike. Big left-handed batter. We're in the last of the second. No score. Sargell lead off man with the one ball, one strike count. This fastball misses inside and high. It's two balls, one strike. Willie Stargell, known for hitting home runs, RBIs. He's working sickle cell anemia and in drug abuse programs. Quite a man. High fastball from Palmer. A little upset with himself as he walks off as he's behind three and one to Stargell. And waiting on deck is Johnny Bench. Palmer, like Gibson, a pretty fast worker, is back with a fastball, and look out, his bat may have gotten a photographer or somebody, I guess not. It went over Bench's head in the on-deck circle. It's a hot, humid, muggy night, so Woody immediately goes for the pine tar rag as he took a vicious swing, and the bat went farther than the ball, which only traveled to Bill Freehand's mitt. Three balls, two strikes. Now, the last time that Palmer had a 3-2 count was on Joe Morgan, who does have some power. And little Joe hit it deep to center field on a 3-2 pitch. It was a fastball. Let's see what Palmer throws Willie Stargell on 3-2. High fastball and walks him. 
first base runner for the National League. And here's Johnny Bench in his fourth All-Star game. Johnny, with those 24 home runs and 72 RBIs, leads the majors, and Bench hit two home runs on July the 12th. But in the last 10 games since, during the regular National League season, Bench has not hit a home run. An announcement being made here that Johnny drew more votes than anybody else, 1,229,677. And for that honor, he receives a special reward. No runs, one hit, no errors for the American, no runs, no hits, no errors for the National, but Woody Stargell, mad knees and all, he'll not be running, is down at first base. Dick Allen is holding, and here's the first pitch. Ground ball up the middle, behind second base is Carew, steps on second, goes on to first, and a quick double play. And with Carew playing bench to pull right behind second base, it was a very easy double play, uh, right over the bag as he caught the ball, stepped on it, and threw to first. And uh, those are the kind that usually you'd like to see hit to the shortstop because it's that easy for the shortstop coming across the bag, but there it didn't make a bit of difference. Lee May now with Houston hitting at 287, long time with Cincinnati Reds. 20 home runs, 62 RBIs. He takes a cut at the first pitch and misses. It's strike one. May, for the first time, started for the National League. What a trade that was. You pays your money and you takes your choice. Bill Morgan doing a great job for Cincinnati. Lee May doing a great job for Houston. Another swinging foul tip this time that rides back into the stands behind home plate. Two strikes to May. Palmer led off this inning by walking Stargo. Got Bench to hit the first pitch to ground on a double play and now is ahead of Lee May. 0-2. Joe Torrey of the Cardinals waits on deck. Amoretti and throws a breaking pitch. It's down in the dirt. Ball one. Playing May straight away. He has great power to all fields. Back again. This breaking pitch really got away from Palmer. You could see it as he began to release the ball, Sandy, and it hit well about four or five feet to the right of the plate. It looked like Palmer might be working on his changeup. You don't think of the All-Star game as a place to experiment, but he's thrown Lee uh, three changeups in this series of pitching, just the one fastball, the first pitch was a changeup, it looked like those two were changeups also, but if you don't get them down, you're in trouble, so possibly a little too low. Breaking pitch stays outside, going a little harder, looked like a slider, three balls, two strikes, well, here he is again at three and two, he got Morgan on a three-two count, he walks Stargell, throws a breaking pitch, line drive, base hit, over the shortstop, Rich's head, fielded by Yastrzemski in left field, and Lee May has the first National League base hit. Joe Torrey for many years a member of the Atlanta Braves more recently with the St. Louis Cardinals who changed him from a catcher to a first baseman and now to a third baseman and Torrey most valuable player last year hitting 302 this year 10 home runs 51 RBIs great student of hitting lost all that weight has great wrist weights on the pitch a lot and can hit the ball and with power to all fields strike from Palmer it's interesting, Lee May continues to hit the Baltimore pitching staff. I think he was the only Cincinnati Red in the 70 series who had any luck at all. And uh, here he is tonight. He walks up against Palmer and hits the line drive. Swing and a miss by Torrey. It's two strikes. Well, talking about that, Sandy, uh, he did a good thing here. He hit the ball away from Brooks Robinson. That was <laughs> the year in which Brooks took everything away from Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati learned that in that series. Two out, no score, last of the second. Lee May down at first base, and Torrey is behind as May was, 0-2 to Palmer. Big curve, and he just gets a piece of him. Fouls to the screen. Two strikes. 
I'm sure Jim not too happy with that curveball. He hung it, got it up high, and got away with it, and Torrey'd love to have it back. Getting to notice what you pointed out, Sandy, uh, Palmer's not throwing that fastball too often. Here he comes in with it, and he went around swinging. Torrey tried to check up, and it's strike three swinging. So Palmer has a second strikeout. No runs, one hit, no errors. One man left. At the end of two, there's no score in this 43rd annual All-Star game. Been down to your Ace Hardware store recently? Well, to make your do-it-yourself chores, and then I'd get on the air and blow my name. Get acquainted with Jim Stagg. Evenings from 8 to midnight on WMAQ, the sound of Chicago. We pause 30 seconds for station identification. This is WMAQ, NBC in Chicago. Chicago's weather forecast, partly cloudy and cool, low tonight in the 50s. Somebody uh, was talking about radio performers, and they said a radio performer is an actor. I don't believe that. He's a, a person. He has to be a person. You can act, I suppose, and be a person. But for me, maybe I'm different, and maybe this isn't the way to do it, but I try to be a person. I try to be John Patrick Francis Sheridan, and I try to... Get acquainted with Pat Sheridan, midday from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., here on WMAQ, the sound of Chicago off against Steve Blass. Bob Gibson, after two innings, retired. He gave up one base hit. Of course, no run. Struck out nobody and walked nobody. Blass out of Canaan, Connecticut, 30 years old, the hero of last year's World Series, 11-4 this year with the Pirates. Earn run average, 2.63 in his first All-Star game. And Steve was talking weeks ago, saying, gee, I hope I'm selected. I grew up watching the Cleveland Indians. I've only seen the All-Star game on television. I'd like to be there. Well, here he is, ready to face Bill Freehan in the third inning, and the first pitch is high, ball one. Tim Bill has a good fastball. He's not overpowering, but it's a good live fastball. It moves well, and he has good control. He throws a slider that he keeps outside to the right-hand hitters, and he's been very effective since he acquired the good control. Uh, with the Pirates for a few years, struggled a little bit with his ability to throw the ball where he wanted to, but as soon as he was able to do that. He became a very effective uh, pitcher. Blass's second pitch was a slider outside, back quickly with another breaking pitch outside, and he has gone 3-0 and on Bill Freehand. As soon as I talk about his control, he has a little trouble getting the ball over. Well, you got to know, Sandy. He knows he's in his first All-Star game and that the world is watching. Here he comes back with a 3-0 and pitch, and it's way outside, gets away from bench, and actually bounds back onto the playing field. Well, Lee May will have to pick it up. So on four pitches... Freehand draws the walk off Steve Blass. And Jim Palmer is going to pitch the National League third inning because he is coming up to hit or perhaps to bunt. Well, I, Jim is a good hitter. He's been used by Earl Weaver uh, for Baltimore many times to pitch hit. But in this situation, I don't think you figure you're going to score too many runs in an all-star game. So uh, I, I would think Jim's up there to bunt. So does Joe Torrey. He is well on the grass from third base. May holding on to Freehand, who has not great speed at first base. Palmer, right-handed hitter, as he is a pitcher. Blast now pitching from the stretch, of course. Looks and throws, and there's the bunt up the first baseline. May has to go to first base, where Morgan is there, and the sacrifice bunt is completed as Freehand slides into second. Jim, and I wonder if from here on in, the National League pitchers are only going to go one inning each. Uh, Don Sutton now up, throwing in the National League bullpen, getting ready as if he were going to pitch the next inning. Here is Rod Carew, 0 for 11 in all-star play. Tried to drag bunt his way on, and with that in mind, Torrey is still at the edge of the grass at third base. Carew, of course, left-handed hitter. 
Been the rookie of the year. Been an American League batting champion. Got a good lifetime average of better than 300. Takes ball one outside from Steve Blass. No score in the American League third. There's been no real threat. Fastball over. It's strike one. One ball, one strike. The American League has had Jackson as far as second base on his double in the first, and now Freehan as far as second on the walk and the sacrifice bunt. The National League has only gotten men as far as first base. Last looking back, now throws a big curve. It's in the dirt, and Bench short hops it, takes it out, and it's two balls, one strike. Last ready. Throws again. Breaking pitch up the middle. Base hit. Freehand on his way around third base. In comes Woody Mays. Picks up. Guns the ball home. Here comes Freehand. Bates waits. He slides in safe. The ball gets away. Backed up by Blast. It's one to nothing. The American League. As Carew gets his first all-star hit and drives in the first run of the 1972 game. And Freehand who doesn't have that good speed, but he got a break on that ball. The ball was hit right back through the middle. As soon as it got past the pitcher, he knew the ball was a base hit. If the ball is hit another part of the field, he has to wait a little bit longer to make sure it gets through the infield. And in this case, he didn't have to and scored. It was going to be a little bit close, but I, I think Mays had a little problem getting the ball out of his glove. Bobby Mercer, who swung at the first pitch and fouled out to the catcher's up, swinging at the first pitch again. It is grabbed just off the ground by May, who crossed the first base for the double play. Oh, did that happen fast. Line drive to May, who caught it a foot off the ground, on his knees, crawled to first base, and Carew was an easy out on the double up. And one run scores on one base hit. No errors and none left. We go to the last of the third. The American League leads the National League one to nothing. If you think Firestone's new Radio V1 tire gives you 40,000 miles or more, you're right. If you think the Radio V1 rides rough like some other radios, you're wrong. Radio V1 will give you a really comfortable ride. Firestone is so sure, they'll give you seven days to test ride it. If you don't like the way it handles or rides, you get your old tires and your money back. The 40,000-mile Radio V1. Another people tire from Firestone. Nothing can crack the turtle's back. Hey, nothing can crack the turtle's back. Come detergent, grease, salt, weather. Turtle wax comes through because nothing comes through the turtle's hard shell finish. Shine your car to blinding brilliance in 25 minutes with turtle wax. Nothing turtle wax gives the hard shell finish. Turtle wax. The turtle's back. Turtle wax in liquid or paste. Anything else is mock turtle. In Atlanta, where the Braves fans and therefore National League fans are understandably a little shocked that their team with a great eight-man squad in that starting lineup has fallen behind the American League and Jim Palmer one to nothing. Don Kessinger, 275 hitter, a switch hitter, batting left-handed, of course, against Jim Palmer is the batter. Kessinger is on a nine-game regular season streak, hitting at a 400 average over that space, and is a fastball that has him moving away, and it's ball one. Jim in action now in the American League bullpen, and it looks like the round left-hander of the Tigers, Mickey Lolich, who wanted to start. 17-game winner. This pitch from Palmer nicks the outside corner. Fastball, one ball, one strike to Kessinger. 
Breaking pitch is outside. Ball two on deck. It looks like it is Glenn Beckert, Kessinger's mate with the Chicago Cubs, second baseman, who's going to bat for the pitcher, Steve Blass. Two balls, one strike, swings at a high fastball, fouls it off the screen. It's two and two. Jim, uh, Mickey Lillis wanting to start is a tough position for Earl Weaver. If you're in a pennant race and you're contenders like Detroit and Baltimore, if Weaver were to start Lolich, he is open for criticism by the Detroit fans, people that he started, the opposition pitcher, uh, hoping that he couldn't pitch again maybe on Thursday. So I think Weaver did what he thought was right by starting his pitcher. Fly ball left field, and Yastrzemski has to back on it. Kessinger showing him a little bit more power to the opposite field than what he expected, although it was not hit very deeply. Kessinger is out, and here is Glenn Becker. Becker to the Chicago Cubs, hitting at 273, three home runs, 24 RBIs, and many times has been an all-star second baseman himself. Becker's the pride of Allegheny College, outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. There he was all everything in basketball and baseball. Bomber throws him a breaking pitch outside. It's ball one. One run, two hits, no errors for the American League. No runs, one hit, no errors for the National League. Bomber ready, throws a fastball. Hit out to right field. Jackson over, Mercer over. Jackson takes it, and they're two out. That'll bring up Joe Morgan, who worked the count to 3-2 in the first inning and then laced the ball deep to center field that Mercer caught on the line. Steve Blass, who always wanted to be an all-star game and made it at age 30, worked one inning, gave up one run, one hit, and walked one. Two out in the last of the third. Palmer ready, throws a fastball that's right at the waist of Joe Morgan on the inside corner, strike one. Palmer, as we said, very fast worker. This one hits in the dirt alongside the plate. Ball one. Stan Landis steps out to dust off the plate, and Joe Morgan goes back to get some pine tar for his hands. Willie Mays waits on deck on a hot, humid night in Atlanta, Georgia. With 53,107 looking on here and more than 600 stations around the world listening to us, Morgan fouls this one off, back of home plate again, but this time... Well back in the seats. One ball, two strikes. And where San and I look, just off the first base side of home plate, we're looking at Jim Palmer of Baltimore, Bobby Gritch of Baltimore, and Brooks Robinson of Baltimore. Chains on this one, laced down the line. It is foul. Down the right field line. Bill Morgan picked on one of those Palmer change-ups, Sandy, and almost got it. Well, again, Palmer got the off-speed pitch up high, and... Uh... Most of the time with the slow pitch, the off-speed pitch, any kind of change of uh, speed, you've got to keep the ball down. When it's up like that, the batter gets too good a look at it. This one, another off-speed pitch, it misses outside. It's 2-2 two and two to Morgan. Aparicio, Otis, and Hera all selected, all not here because of injuries. And there's the ball. Hit out to left center field. Yastrzemski's over. Waits and has it for the third out. So Palmer goes a very effective three innings. He just gave up one hit and walked one, and he is through. In this third inning, no runs, hits, or errors, none left. We've gone through three innings, and the American League leads the National one to nothing. Mike Moyer, wethead. <coughs> Mike Moyer, the dry lip. Roy Zuka, wethead. <coughs> Roy Zuka, the dry lip. 
With the Dry Look Aerosol Hair Control, you look so much better you won't believe your ears. The wethead is dead, and the Dry Look from Gillette did it. More men use it than any other aerosol. Charlie Miesmer, The Dry Look. The Dry Look from Gillette. 1943. The year Gillette sponsored their first All-Star game. The year the Blue Blade was the best thing in shaving. A lot of things have changed since then. Some haven't. Because Gillette still makes the leading double edge. Today, it's the Platinum Plus Blade. With an edge so smooth, you can actually feel the difference. Platinum Plus from Gillette. We made the first blade, and we're still the first blade. Well, Don Sutton of the Dodgers has come on. Fine earn run average, 1.90. He's won 12 and lost 5. And what am I doing sitting here talking about Don Sutton when Sandy Koufax, ex of the Dodgers, knows all about Don? Jim, Don Sutton came up to the Dodgers quite a few years ago. I believe it was about seven years now. And came up with a fine curveball and good fastball. And everybody talked so much about his curveball, he became a curveball pitcher and forgot about the fastball and then did not have as much success uh, for a few years as he did early. And all of a sudden this year he's gone back to the fastball, using it more often. He's done a great job and also came up with a screwball, which he learned from Jim Brewer, the left-hander in the Dodger bullpen, and it's helped him quite a bit. And he's a complete pitcher, but again, not overpowering. He's the kind of fellow who has to have good control and does most of the time. Well, Sutton, the man he will face first is Reggie Jackson, who hit the first pitch he saw from the starter, Bob Gibson. And laced a double to right center field. Jackson deep in the box, left-handed hitter. Lots of power, 18 home runs on the year with those 57 RBIs. Sutton ready to throw. Throws a fastball way high, ball one. Well, after three innings in a all-star game, you can make all kinds of changes. The starters who've been voted in must play the first three. There have been no changes in the defensive lineup for the National League. Only the pitcher, and Jackson has a second base hit as a line drive. Drops in front of Aaron out in right field. And Reggie Jackson seems to be a pretty fair all-star player. Last year, one at-bat as a pinch hitter, hit that towering home run in Detroit, and here tonight, two for two already. Here's Dick Allen, grounded to Morgan at second base to end the first inning with Jackson down at second. Now he comes up with Jackson on at first and none out, and this time facing Sutton. And, of course, Allen was a teammate of Sutton's last year. Ground ball. Torrey waits for it at third base. Goes down to second base. There's one, and that's all that they can get as Allen hustles down and is safe at first base. Jackson erased on the fielder's choice. That'll bring up Carl Yastrzemski. Carl came up swinging in the second inning and swung at the first pitch and grounded back to Morgan. Speaking of Jim Palmer, who worked those three scoreless innings, in all-star game history now, Palmer's worked eight innings, surrendered three hits, and no runs. Pretty good record for that young man. Here is Sutton throwing a breaking pitch. The Yastrzemski that's too low, ball one. Jim, I think a pitcher like Jim Palmer, who does have the overpowering kind of stuff, a great fastball, throws very hard. I think he has an advantage in an all-star game. He doesn't have to know the hitters as well. Fastball deep to right field. Aaron goes back. Mays goes back. Mays is there and makes the catch right at the wall, about 375 feet away. Allen hustles back to first. Jim, Yastrzemski must not have gotten that as well as it looked because this ballpark is a good hitter's ballpark. The ball carries very well and usually jumps out of here. And when Carl hit the ball, I thought it had to go out, but uh, it didn't even get to very deep on the warning track. 
Here's Bobby Gritch. He fouled to Torrey. Two out now in the American League fourth. They lead it one to nothing. Sutton of the Dodgers is the third National League pitcher. Goes a fastball. This one is popped up and back toward us. Gibson started, worked two innings. Blast came on and gave up the only run of the ball game. And now Sutton started this fourth inning. American League has seen nothing but right-handers. Gibson, Blass, and now Sutton. Wolich, a left-hander, scheduled to come on for the American League in the National League fourth. Breaking pitch, it's too low. Ball one. One ball, one strike to Bobby Gritch. Now checking at first base is Sutton. To Callen and not strayed very far. One and one. Torrey moves back a couple of steps at third base. Sutton throws a fastball outside. Bench whips it down to first base, and Allen just does slide back. Well, there's that arm that enhances the overall value of Bench. He can hit, but he's some kind of catcher and thrower. Two balls, one strike. The Gritch. And now again, they're checking on Allen over at first base. Nick, known for his hitting and his power, has stolen 10 bases this year. Curveball. Gets over. It's two balls, two strikes. Two and two. Allen leading off at first base on this muggy night in Atlanta. Sutton takes a look at him and comes in with a fastball. That is strike three call. And Gritch has to take a seat. No runs, one hit, no errors, and Dick Allen left at first base. We go to the last of the fourth. Still, the American League won and the National League nothing. A dimmer switch being tested 200,000 times. A little thing, a dimmer switch. But the Chrysler Corporation takes care to make certain the little things on their cars work. Extra care in engineering. And big things like electronic ignition proved in a million miles of street and highway driving. Like the unibody construction with 4,000 wells. Like the gigantic wind tunnel to test engine cooling so you won't be left running hot. Like the typhoon test so you won't be left wet. Extra care in engineering from the Chrysler Corporation. We want you to be happy with your Dodge, Chrysler, or Plymouth from the day you buy it until the day you buy your next one. Chrysler Corporation care. And you take extra care, too. Buckle up. In the National League fourth, the scheduled batters are Mays, Aaron, and Stargell. Defensively, for the American League, everybody's the same. Allen at first, Blue at second, Richard Short, Robinson at third, Jastrzemski in left, Mercer in center, Jackson in right. Freehand the catcher, but his battery mate, Mickey Lolich, will be on the mound. Lolich is 17-6 and six on the year. 17-6 and six with half the season to go. Earn run average, 2.39. Tune, what a great arm Mickey has. See? Good fastball, good control with it. Throws two kinds of fastballs, a sinking fastball, one that rides. Good curveball, good slider. And gets them all over in uh, a very durable kind of an arm. Seems like he rarely gets tired, completes ball games, and just a, a very valuable pitcher to have on your ball club. And he told Earl Weaver, I should be starting this game. 
but he's not. He's out there now to face Willie Mays, who bounced out to Brooks Robinson back in the first inning. Mays replacing the injured Clemente, hurt his knee in Sunday's game. First pitch is a strike to Mays. Dude, in all fairness, fairness to Mickey, I believe he said that either he or Gaylord Perry should be starting this game. It wasn't just uh, for Mickey Lolich. Back with a pitch that sinks into the dirt. It's ball one, strike one. American League, Rod Crew with his first all-star hit ever. After 10 hitless trips to the plate, drove in Bill Freehand. That's the only run. American League, one run, three hits, no errors. The National League, no runs, one hit, and no errors. Mays fouls this one back. The only base hit for the National League was Lee Mays' single in the second inning. Hank Aaron kneels on deck. One ball, two strikes to Willie Mays in his 23rd All-Star game. Lolich ready and comes back with the pitch that Mays goes around on. Foul tips it off the screen. Didn't get much of that ball at all. Red Shandings to the Cardinals, coaching down at first. He's the manager of St. Louis. Charlie Fox, coaching at third, the manager of the San Francisco Giants. Lolich ready. Left-hander throws, and Mays has to do a little two-step to get out of the way and winds up in the dirt. Ball thrown low and around his knees, and Willie jumped over it and fell in the dirt. Two and two. I knew something was strange about Willie Sandy. It's to see M-E-T-S written across the front of his blouse instead of Giants. Now remember the New York Mets. Lolich ready on the 2-2 count. Throws, and it's missing. Three balls, two strikes. Crowd here in Atlanta comes alive. They would like to see the National League get started. This is a National League town. Lolich, as Sandy said, gets the ball over, tries this time, and it is foul tip strike three. I think he got part of it. In any event, it is strike three, and Mays sits down. The third National Leaguer to strike out as Palmer struck out two. The roar, of course, is for Hank Aaron. Sandy and I were talking as the inning ended in the first. Hank took a pretty good-looking fastball for a third call, strike three. And as Sandy said, Hank, not knowing the pitches, was probably guessing curveball and saw the fastball and struck out. Up for the second time. This time facing a left-hander, and the ball is in the dirt. Ball one to Aaron. Jim, I think uh, a lot of people talk about the pitchers having to know the hitters and doing this or doing that or trying to pitch a certain way, but all your good hitters know the pitchers and they know what they throw and know what they throw in certain situations. And you're right, I think that first time up, Henry just looking for the curveball with two strikes and didn't get it. Got the fastball in the outside corner, and he knew it was a strike and just walked away. Second pitch from Lolich misses the outside corner, 2-0. and Lolich holding that ball in his glove as he gets the sign. Now ready and throws, and that's a called strike. The ball's one strike. Willie Stargell is on deck. In this one to nothing ball game, in the last of the fourth, the American League leads. Mack again with a fastball, good fastball. Fouls it back. And it's two and two. Keeping our fingers crossed about 
the expected rain. Some went near here several hours ago. Lowlitz ready. Ball is hit high to the right side. Out goes Carew. In comes Jackson. Jackson calls off Carew and has it near the foul line for the second out. That'll bring up Willie Stargell, who walked. Back in the second inning, later a race on a fast double play. And Lolich might be a little tough for Stargell. Mickey, uh, with the good arm, capable of dropping down, he does throw sidearm occasionally to the left-handers and make it awfully hard for him. Mays and Aaron, of course, right-handers, and Stargell stepping in there is the left-hander with a bat and constant windmill motion. Now waits and hits the first one off his fist, fouls it off behind the plate. Free hand comes back, but it's going to make the seats. Strike one to Stargell. 296 on the year, 19 home runs, 68 RBIs, and one of the prime reasons why the Pirates are five and a half games up on the New York Mets in the Eastern Division of the National League. Strike one count. Lolich staring in at Stargell, who whips that bat around again. Now Mickey has the sign. Strike, says Stan Landis, who's behind the plate tonight from the National League. Lou DeMuro of the American League is... At first base, Lee Wire of the National League at second, Jerry Newdecker of the American League at third, Jerry Dale of the National League down the left field line, and Bill Kunkel, former American League pitcher, American League umpire down the right field line. It's 3.30 down the lines. This one is hit high and off the fist, therefore not too deep. Carew goes out in right field. Jackson comes in, and again, Jackson calls off Carew's and has it. And Lolich has a very effective first inning of pitching in the fourth. No runs, hits, or errors, and he struck out one. None left. At the end of four, the American League won, the National League nothing. I try to think of the people who are listening. I actually try to envision a lady in her kitchen working. I try to envision her uh, uh, just being disturbed with somebody ringing the bell and having to run when she's involved in maybe scrubbing the walls or the floors or waxing or things like that. I try to think of everything that possibly could happen to our ladies on WMAQ uh, as I go through the show. Uh, that includes the gals in the office and everything else. I try to switch on mental images of what they are doing while I am doing the show and to correlate with that with the things that I have outlined for that day in the show so I could bring everything together and make it timely and something that they will find interesting and worthwhile. I try to make Get acquainted with Pat Sheridan midday from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. here on WMAQ. The sound of Chicago. We pause 30 seconds for station identification. Have you been to your Ace Hardware store recently? You know you can make your do-it-yourself chores just a little bit easier. Ace has a big selection of power hand tools for you, and there's plenty of nationally advertised electric drills. You'll also find power saws as well as jigsaws, plus hammers and pliers. We suggest you head down to your favorite Ace store, the store that gives you popular prices, a tremendous selection of merchandise, and more value, more service for your money. That's Ace Hardware, the Moore store in Chicago. This is WMAQ, Chicago. In Atlanta, Georgia, this is Jim Simpson along with Sandy Koufax as Don Sutton of the Dodgers, the third National League pitcher, has completed his warm-ups, and Brooks Robinson with the first pitch he saw from Bob Gibson back in the second inning and bounced to third base is up for the second time. Again, as we survey the National League defense, there are no changes at all. 
Sandy remarked while we were away, probably won't be many changes as long as the National League is behind. They want to win. The American League won last year. Sutton Reddy throws a curve that's a strike. Brooks Robinson. Two and Steve Carlton of the Philadelphia Phillies now warming up in the National League bullpen will probably be the next pitcher after Don Sutton. Comes back with a fastball, but it's too low. One ball, one strike to Brooks Robinson. In his 16th consecutive All-Star appearance. Sutton ready and comes back with a fastball that's popped up to the right side. Joe Morgan goes out on the grass. Waves everybody off and has it for the first out of the American League fifth. That brings up Bill Freehan, who walked, went down to second on a perfect sacrifice bunt by Jim Palmer up the first baseline and scored when Rod Carew singled through the middle in the third inning. And Freehan running on the pitch, as Sandy said, once the ball went up the middle, he knew that it was going to be a base hit and chugged on home ahead of the throw from Willie Mays. Right-handed batter takes up high with a fastball from Sutton, ball one. Freehan, his sixth starting assignment in an all-star game. One and all. Pitch misses low and outside. It's two and all. Speaking of Freehan, a mighty fine pitcher, but in the years to come, he's going to be challenged by a young man that's on this squad already, Carlton Fisk of Boston. And don't count on another young, fine American League catcher, Johnny Oates of Baltimore. 2-0, and Sutton ready and throws. Ball is hit deep to right center field. Mays is back near the warning track, backing toward it now. And the old basket catch puts it away. Now Mickey Lolich is coming up to bat. Lolich, left-handed thrower, is a right-handed hitter. Two out of the American League fifth. One to nothing American League leads as Lolich sees a fastball and fouls it off. Directly in front of Willie Mays in center field is a big Braves emblem with the all-star insignia, the official pin and emblem of this year's all-star game. Big painted circle out in center field. High fastball, and it's one and one to Lolich. Playing Mickey with some respect. Not too shallow, and about straight away. And in fact, there's a big hole, as they do not expect him to pull, between Kessinger and Torrey. Fastball, misses, two balls, one strike. Gaylord Perry. Hasn't he been in the news lately? Not only for winning ball games, but for supposedly throwing the grease ball or the grease pitch. Is out warming up for the American League. Hit off to the right side. It'll make the seats foul. Two balls, two strikes to Lolich. Fifty-three thousand one hundred and seven. Backed into a stadium that I would imagine the temperature now may have dropped to the upper 80s. Started out in the 90s. Breaking pitch misses. It's down low. And Sutton has gone all the way with pitcher Mickey Lolich. Three balls, two strikes. Didn't want to lose him and bring up Carew. Comes back with one and Mickey fouls it off again. Right behind bench who retrieves it. Dan Landis puts another ball in play. Still three and two. 
Fastball gets him looking at the knees at strike three. Sutton has his strikeout, his second. No runs, hits or errors, none left. The last of the fifth we go. It's still the American League one, the National League nothing. I'm Kyle Rode. Last year during the World Series, I helped introduce you to the amazing two-bladed razor from Gillette, the Track 2. Since then, over three million men have made the Track 2 the most successful new razor in history. Why? Because Gillette discovered an entirely new shaving principle that no one-blade razor can duplicate. Even if you shave twice, took two strokes instead of one, your one-blade razor just can't shave you like the two-bladed Track 2. You try. It beats any one-blade razor ever made. If you think Firestone's new Radio V1 tire gives you 40,000 miles or more, you're right. If you think the Radio V1 rides rough like some other radios, you're wrong. Radio V1 will give you a really comfortable ride. Firestone is so sure, they'll give you seven days to test ride it. If you don't like the way it handles or rides, you get your old tires and your money back. The 40,000-mile Radio V1. Another people tire. From Firestone. Harold Weaver, manager of the American League, has made his first defensive change. Sal Bando of Oakland has gone in to play third base, replacing Brooks Robinson. Got his Dick Allen at first, Carew at second, Richard Short, Bando at third, Yastrzemski left, Mercer in center, Jackson in right, freehand behind the plate, and Mickey Lolich about to begin his second inning of pitching. He got Mays, Aaron, and Stargell on a strikeout on two easy flies to right field. Here's Johnny Bench. First time up. Hit the first pitch that he saw from Jim Palmer and grounded into a first a fast double play to Carew down at second base. Lolich throws. It's outside. Ball one to Johnny Bench. Bench, in case you are not aware or did not hear, leads the majors in home runs and RBIs with 24 and 72. Lolich back and throws, and this one misses outside also. It's 2-0 to Johnny Bench in this one nothing ball game, which the American League leads. Lee May kneels on deck. A Detroit battery out there now, freehand catching, Lolich pitching, and that's a strike. Catches the outside corner, two balls, one strike to Bench. He was looking all the way on that pitch. Hit high in the air, down the line, fair or foul, Jerry Dale is looking, it is foul. Jerry Dale, the umpire down the left field line, turned and looked. It was far enough, but Dale signaled foul ball. It's two and two. We almost had a tie ball game. Dude, on balls like that, it's hard to tell, you know, just how far fair or foul they are. The ball was hit higher than the foul pole here. In Atlanta, and it didn't go that far foul when it was in the seats, and it was curving pretty quick, so it must have just gone foul. Lolich with a life is back, and there's a line drive base hit to left field. Bench not to be denied. That is just the second National League All-Star hit. The other's owned by Lee May, who is stepping in on... The right side of the plate now to do a swinging. He had a 3-2 count and lined a single left field back in the second inning. One to nothing. The tying run Johnny Bench on at first base. May stares down at Charlie Fox. His coach at third base. His freehand went out to say a few words to Mickey Lolich, his pitcher. Joe Torrey is on deck. May, big right-handed batter. Steps in freehand is pointing. 
And they wanted, I believe, Lee Wire, the second base umpire, to move away. He was in Lee May's line of sight as he looked out to the pitch of Mickey Lolich. So he moves up the line toward first base. Drive hit to left field. Yastrzemski doesn't move too far for it, and he's not too deep and has it for the first out. So that's one out, and Torrey, who struck out swinging against Palm in the second inning, up for the second time. Bench, of course, anchored at first base. Don Kessinger is coming out on deck, so Danny Murtaugh is not making two moves except, too many moves, except with his pitching staff. Troy right-hander. Matt held erect, waits for the pitch, and puts the first one down the line. It is curving foul, and it's a foul ball again in the seats. Again. And Lolich has had bench, and now Torrey pulled the ball well down the line, but each one of those balls hooked foul at the last moment. And Mickey doesn't look like he's throwing the ball as well this inning as he did the last inning. He's thrown a few balls up. He got away with a breaking pitch to Lee May. He jammed him with a bad curveball up high. But all the balls that have been hit hard have been up. Lolich ready. Throws this one low, but it's also inside. One and one to Torrey. One ball, one strike, one out, one man on. In this one to nothing ball game, which the American League leads in the last of the fifth. This one's too low as Torrey checks his swing. Two balls, one strike. Lolich has the sign in the stretch, looks over at bench, comes in with the fastball. That is too low again, and he is behind to Joe Torrey. Three balls, one strike. Well, on a three and one count against a fellow like Joe Torrey, let us see what a 17-game winner like Lolich throws him. Does he give him the fastball? Does he give him the breaking ball? On three balls, one strike. Sandy said some of the breaking pitches have stayed high, and he's almost gotten in trouble. Comes in with the pitch, and it has popped up to the right side. Dick Allen, foul territory by the coaching box. Chases it down and almost has it get away from him, but has it for the second out. Don Kessinger, bent still at first, now two out. Kessinger fly to left to Yastrzemski, back in the third inning. Yastrzemski had to backpedal for Kessinger's drive. Don at that time was hitting left-handed. Now he is moved around to the right side against the left-handed Lolich. A little bit better hitter from the left side. Ground ball charging his grit. who goes to the second baseman, Carew. And Lolich is out of what appeared to be for several moments there a lot of trouble. Now runs one hit. No errors and Bench left at first. At the end of five. The American League won. The National League nothing. It's fun being on the air. It is not an ego trip anymore. It was at one time. I probably wouldn't have gotten into this business had I not had uh, some sort of aberrated ego. I don't think... The psychedelic mind of Joe Sebastian. Uh, ...starts out on a solid foundation with any sort of uh, philanthropic ideas that I'm going to save the industry or the world or myself. Uh, it's gone into because of the stroking you get from people writing... Between the ears of Joe Sebastian. Uh, I don't think it's dishonest at this point to say I don't want that anymore. Uh, because I don't. If I were to say it, 
and use that as a guise of getting it because somebody would then say, oh, gee, isn't he different? He doesn't want to be called a disc jockey, and therefore I would get more adulation. than Freak this. out every afternoon with Joel Sebastian from 1 until 4 on WMAQ, The Sound of Chicago. Hello again, Jim Simpson, along with Sandy Koufax. And Steve Carlton is on the mound now, and he becomes the fourth pitcher. Carlton leads the majors in strikeouts this year with 201 in 196 innings, and that tells you something. He has a nine-game winning streak going for him after losing five in a row. And Carlton's overall record is 14 wins and six losses with a 2.48 earn run average. Now we have some wholesale changes made by Danny Murtaugh. Manny Sanguin is your new catcher. Chris Spire of the San Francisco Giants is your new shortstop. Billy Williams of the Cubs is your new left fielder. And Cesar Cedeno, who leads the major leagues in hitting with a 3.55 average, has gone to center field. So it is Sanguin of the Pirates behind the plate. May at first, Morgan at second, Spire at short, Torrey at third, Williams in left, Cedeno in center, and Aaron in right field. Sixth inning, one to nothing American League. Rod Carew grounded out. Morgan made a good play on him in the first inning and then singled up the middle to drive in freehand with the only run in the third inning. Up now to face Steve Carlton. Big, tall left-hander. Jim, talk about overpowering pitchers. Carlton's got great stuff. He throws very hard, a good fastball, very good curveball. Uh, in the past, again, as a young pitcher, a little control trouble. That's all gone now, as you said. 201 strikeouts in 196 innings. There's no doubt about the fact that he can throw hard. If you are keeping score with us, Cedeno, who replaced Mays in center, will bat second as Mays did. Williams, who replaces Stargell, will bat fourth as Stargell did. And Sanguian moves right in. Johnny Bench is number five spot and will bat there. So they bat just in the same order in which they replace their men. Let's take over not only in the outfield, but also in the batting lineup, the same lineup. Rod Carew leads it off, as we said, and that is ball one from Carlton. Torrey is well in on the grass as Carlton misses again up high. It is 2-0. And Bill Stoneman up and throwing in the Montreal bullpen, in the bullpen now from the Montreal Ball Club, uh, in the National League bullpen. So I'd have to think that Danny Murtaugh is trying to give his pitchers or get as many as he can into the ball game. Otherwise, he would have put Steve Carlton in a different spot in the lineup, uh, the pitcher due to hit next inning. Carlton's next pitch is over. It's two balls, one strike to Carew, and he's ready again. And Carew tries to drag his way on, but misses. And it's two balls, two strikes. Well, the wholesale changes have begun, as everybody likes to see their favorite All-Stars play. It's quite a bench that each manager can maneuver with. Here's the 2-2 pitch from Carlton that misses low and away, and it's three balls and two strikes. Rod Carew. Don Sutton, in their pitch two innings, gave up no runs, one hit, and struck out two. Here's a foul, hit out of play. Very few walks. And as anyone will tell you, walks can hurt you. The only man that has been walked in this game by the National League pitchers. Here's a ball four to Carew. The ball gets by the catcher, Sanguin, but Carew cannot go any farther. I was about to say the only walk was two freehand, and he scored. And now there's the second walk given up by a National League pitcher. 
and it is the leadoff man that Bobby Mercer do up. And Mercer's taking a long look down at Dick Williams, the third base coach, who is flashing the signs. Carlton, a left-hander. Mercer, a left-handed batter. Torrey is behind the bag at third base. Mercer looked as if to swing. It's low and away, and it's ball one. One to nothing to score. We are in the top of the sixth inning. The American League leads it in a game that has only seen five hits combined and one run scored. Carlton now checks over at first base. Carew is back in plenty of time. Lee May is holding there. Fastball misses, pops out of the glove of Sanguine, picks it up. Carew cannot advance. It's 2-0 now to Mercer, who again looks down to Dick Williams, flashing signs in the third base coaching box. Reggie Jackson, who is 2-for-2, two two, is on deck. Carlton ready again and throws, and this one misses. It is too low. He has walked one man and is now 3-0 to Bobby Mercer of the New York Yankees. Big Steve Carlton throws. It is high, but across the letters for a strike. Three and one. Mercer has some power. 14 home runs this year playing for the Yankees. There's a check at first base on the three and one count. Just making sure the crew's not going anywhere. And Rodney gets back. Carlin throws, ground ball, May has it, goes down to second base, and the shortstop fire goes back to first, fast double play. The fine double play by Lee May, one of the toughest for the infield to make, the first to short, back to first, and when the first baseman is that close to the first base bag, when he catches it, there's a terrible tendency to step on the bag and take off the force and make it a lot more difficult to tag the runner at second, but Lee didn't. He just went ahead and took the chance. Here's Reggie Jackson, who doubled in the first and singled in the fourth. He's two for two. Well, that's the second fine double play that May has turned in tonight, and both have been on balls hit by Bobby Mercer. Jackson left-hander looks at a fastball. It misses inside. One ball. No strikes. One to nothing, the American League. Spire, the shortstop, is almost behind second base for Jackson. The pull hitter takes a mighty cut and almost goes to his knees. One ball, one strike. Jim, and I think uh, if you're wondering, you know, everybody's talking about how do you speed up the game of baseball. Well, you see tonight that when you've got pitchers who've got good stuff and go after the hitters and aren't missing the plate a lot, that the game gets speeded up quite a bit. Uh, we've been playing what now? A little over an hour, and this is the sixth inning. Betcham Carlton is outside. Two balls, one strike. It is moving right along. The National League fans here in Atlanta have not had much to cheer about at all. The American League pitching has looked good, and there's a sinking ball thrown by Carlton that Jackson again takes a good cutout and again misses. Two balls, two strikes with two out in the sixth. Throws, ground ball, but Morgan is waiting at second base. Goes down to his knees, gets up, throws on to May, and that's the third out. No runs, hits her errors, and none left. Now we go to the last of the six, and the score remains the same. The American League won. The National League, nothing. What do you do, sir? I'm a physician. Ah, I'm a doctor. In your line of work, do you believe in having the right tools and a call for inspection should be made at the proper time? I don't know what you're getting at. What do you mean by that? Well, extra care and engineering. Uh, when you have a patient leave your office, a body leaves your office. 
uh, like a body leaves the Chrysler Corporation plant? Yeah. When that body leaves your office yeah. uh, to go out into the world, how do you want that body to live? To function as maximally as possible. And it's the same at the Chrysler Corporation. They use 4,000 welds in a unibody. And in all their cars built in North America, they use torsion bar suspension. GM uses torsion bars only in Cadillac Eldorado and Oldsmobile Toronado. Chrysler Corporation inspects. And the inspectors are checked then by other checkers. Extra care in engineering in every Dodge, Plymouth, and Chrysler. What's your medical opinion of all that? can't really give you a medical opinion about it. Okay, then how about a driver's opinion? I think you're better off for a Chrysler than a doctor. <laughs> Gaylord Perry is out warming up for the American League as we begin the last of the sixth inning. Mickey Lolich, who was struggling in the fifth inning, has left the game. He pitched two innings. That's what Billy Martin, his manager, wanted him to do. No more than two. Gave up no runs. One hit. Struck out one. Walked nobody. Now Perry, a 16-game winner, is on. He's got a new catcher in Carlton Fisk. Reggie Jackson has moved to center field. And Richie Scheinblum, the American League's leading hitter, has gone on to right field. In these wholesale shakeups, And we now have a pinch hitter for the pitcher, Steve Carlton, who only works one inning. That... Yeah, I believe Chris Fire was in the game already, not That's pinch right. hitting, so he must have been inserted in the pitcher's spot, and uh, Steve Carlton probably in the eighth spot, in the spot that Don Kessinger was hitting in. Well, here we all go with Chris Fire. Well, that's the fun you have at every All-Star game, trying to figure out where they're going to bat and who's in the game and who's not. They try to get everybody in. Gaylord Perry ready to throw to Spire. And remember, these two used to be teammates with the Giants. Perry in the trade over the winner that brought Sam McDowell to the Giants and sent Perry on to Cleveland. And as he had a ball there, he's won 16 ball games. And like in the National League, been accused of throwing something with something on it. There's a ball hit out to right field, sinking fast. Shine Bloom just in, comes on to take a catch at the knee tops for the first out. Dude, what a year Perry is having. You think about winning 16 ball games. it's a great feat. Lolich has won 17 at the All-Star game. But Mickey's pitching for a first division, a, a division leading club. Uh, Gaylord Perry pitching for a club that's not winning, that's having his troubles. He had a chance to win 17 before coming here and got beat 2-1 to one on Sunday. So he's just had a great year. Joe Morgan, who is lined to center and fly to left, up for the third time. Perry is the third American League pitcher. Pitch is too low to him, ball one. The National League has used Gibson, Blass, Sutton, and now Steve Carlin. The American League started with Palmer, who worked three nearly perfect innings, then Lolich, and now Gaylord Perry. Ground ball. Carew on the grass. Throws on to Allen at first base, and they're two out. Well, National League fans everywhere know of Cesar Cedeno of Houston. He is hitting 355. He has 13 home runs, 42 RBIs, 26 stolen bases, a great arm. He is 21 years old and as a superstar of the future, and he's at bat for the first time. Right-handed batter, young, eager ball player, and he is already something, but he is going to be a star for many, many years, barring any kind of injury. In there to face Gaylord Perry. He's faced him before over in the National League. Perry is ready and throws a strike. Two out with Cedeno up. 
and Aaron kneeling on deck in this one to nothing game. The American League took the lead in the third inning and has held on to it. Still looking for some of that explosive power from the National League bats. There's a change up, and there's a ball hit past the shortstop Gritch. And Cedeno digging on his way around first base and hold it. He has to come back. He's always going for the extra base, and that ball was just hit in short left field. But Cesar was off and running. Jim, he's one of the most exciting players I've ever seen, and a great young player. All the tools, as you said, a fine arm, incredible speed good power and looks like he loves to play uh, a lot of people have accused him of being a little bit of a hot dog but uh when you want to run everything out like that uh, i think it embarrasses some people who don't quite run as hard well here is hank aaron 20 home runs 659 0 for two tonight up against gaylord perry who has only given up six home runs all year well, Perry is tough to hit the home run off of, but Aaron hits them off of everybody. Jim, I'm sure that uh, somewhere in that 659, there's one or two with Gaylord's name <laughs> on it. I think anybody who's pitched a few years in the National League has got a little something in that 659. There's a ball. Hits a deep left field. Dostrzewski goes back near the wall. Looks up. He goes up. It's gone. fans are still on their feet. Is there any doubt who Aaron plays for? Al Perry. Aaron picked on his first pitch and just rifled it out of here. Little or no doubt. Billy Williams is up now in his fifth All-Star game and he has been some kind of hitter in the regular National League season. Left-handed batter. They call him Sweet Williams. Pops the first one up foul. Bando gives chase. Down the line along the third base line but it Falls out of reach. Williams, in his last 14 games of the regular season, has hit 500. 31 hits and 62 at-bats and 19 RBIs. And Billy's been hitting at a 418 clip in the last 41 games of the season. And when he goes back to playing on Thursday, he'll be playing for a new manager. In case you have not heard, Leodorosha of the Cubs stepped aside. Whitey Lockman is the new manager of the Chicago Cubs. One strike to count to Williams. Two to one, the National League last of the six. Perry ready. Fastball, strike. It's two strikes now to Williams. Well, Aaron had been blanked by a couple of pitchers, Palmer and Lolich, but he got to Perry with two out in the last of the sixth inning. With Sedanio on base ahead of him, and it's two to one the National League. Curveball, hit off the fists. Not too deep. Jackson comes in and short center field, stops now near that big circle and takes it. But the two-run score on the two hits, including the home run by Hank Aaron. No errors, none left. At the end of six, the National League two, the American League one. I, too, have my down periods. I fight with my wife, just like everyone else does. And uh, I have my blue days and my up days. Now, you can go to work with a pretty good grouch on, and I can and do. But uh, for the four hours I'm on the air, I can't let that show 
when I listen to the tapes after the show is over and I'll critique the show, sometimes I will cringe and uh, I can go home and say, uh, gee, I had a terrible show today. And my wife will say, uh, I thought it sounded great. Or, on the other hand, I can have what I feel is an exceptionally good show and my timing will be infallible. <laughs> and... Uh, I'll meet someone in the hall and I say, hey, had kind of a loose show today. Get acquainted with Clark Weber. Afternoons from 4 to 8 p.m. on WMAQ, the sound of Chicago. We pause 30 seconds for station identification. Is that home sweet home of yours ready for a new lease on life? Well, why don't you do it yourself with a paint job upstairs, downstairs, inside, and outside. Then get on down to your independently owned Ace Hardware store where you can get the paint for everything. More flat paints, more acrylic paints, enamels, and varnishes. They also have the brushes, the rollers, and the ladders, too. You can get that home of yours in tip-top shape by visiting the store that's got the popular prices. It's Ace Hardware, the Moore store in Chicago. WMAQ, Chicago. Along with Sandy Koufax, Jim Simpson back in Atlanta, there's still another pitcher for the National League, and he becomes the fifth, Bill Stoneman out of Montreal. The Expos pitcher has won eight, lost seven, earned an average of 3.16. Carlton, who has departed, he only came on to pitch the sixth inning. Right now, could be the winning pitcher. This ball game is not over by a long shot. A Stoneman, a right-hander, must face Dick Allen, Carl Yastrzemski, and... Bobby Gritch, they are the scheduled hitters. In the American League 7th, in this 2-1 to ball game, the National League has dramatically taken the lead on the home run by Hank Aaron. Stoneman ready and throws the first pitch, breaking pitch, it drops over, strike to Allen. Allen has the kind of bat that can tie this ball game with one swing. Stoneman watches as his curveball sinks low and away from Dick Allen. It's one ball, one strike. Stoneman with that red, white, and blue cap of the Expos throws a fastball. It's fouled out of play off to the right. Jim and out in the American League bullpen, Wilbur Wood of the Chicago White Sox has gotten up and starting to warm. Stoneman, 5'10", from Illinois, Oak Park. He's had control problems this year. That's been his biggest problem. Throws a curveball there, bouncing ball, fire the shortstop charges. It takes it on second half. Goes on to May, and there's one out in the American League seventh. Jim, it's interesting to watch Chris Ferrer. Last year, we did a couple of ball games, saw him with the San Francisco club, and he had a little trouble getting rid of the ball. He took a few too many steps, and it took him too long, but it looks like he's changed that now. He made that play very well, uh, got rid of the ball quickly. Carl Dostremski rounded to second base, and he sent Willie Mays deep to the wall in the fourth inning. Ball, it looked like he's going to get out of here, but did not. Left-handed batter sees a fastball from Stoneman. Stay high and outside. It's ball one. Two runs, four hits, no errors for the National League now. One run, three hits, and no errors for the American. Stoneman ready, throws another pitch. Looked like a slider that time, and it drops over. One ball, one strike. Spire pulled way around at shortstop. Morgan way over toward first base. May near the line. So Daniel in left in left center. Big swing by Yastrzemski for strike two. And Aaron in deep right. Some teams will shift for Yastrzemski. 
National League does not have a complete shift off. Stoneman back throws a fastball and strikes him out. That is the third strikeout registered by a National League pitcher. Two of them belong to Don Sutton, who pits two innings. Here's Bobby Gritch. Who is 0 for 2, and he's not gotten the ball out of the infield. He's fouled out to the third baseman and looked at the third called strike. Blown away with the fastball. It's ball one. Well, remember what we were talking about pregame. Tony Kubek reported that Campy Campanera said he did not want to play. He had been selected to replace Aparicio, selected to start. Earl Weaver changed it. He said, I don't want to play for you. That ought to be something when Oakland and Baltimore hook up throughout the season. Breaking pitch is too low. 2-0 and now to Gritch. Might be a little bit more pressure on the youngster to... Help his manager along in his judgment to play him over the veteran Campaneras. 2-0 pitch. It's outside, and it's 3-0. Sal Bando, who has not been up yet, is on the on-deck circle. Rich, crouching from the right part of the plate, watches a fastball, catches the corner, and it's three balls, one strike. Taking all away, and now he steps out to look down to Dick Williams. The 3-1 pitch, ground ball, Spire charging at shortstop. Again, gets the ball away fast, great arm, and has his man. No runs, hits Herrera, is none left. We go to the last of the seventh. Still the National League 2, the American League 1. Hey, are you one of those guys who turns into a rough neck every morning because shaving leaves your neck rough and irritated? Well, if it does, let me... ...in my radio V1, another people tire from Firestone. Couple of more changes. Gaylord Perry stays on the mound as we move to the National League 7th, but Detroit's Norm Cash has moved to first base replacing Dick Allen. And Carl Dostremski is out of the ballgame. And Joe Rudy, who for some time has led the American League in hitting, but has since dropped off the pace down to a 3.05 average, is out in left field. It'll be Sanguian, May, and Torrey scheduled in this last of the seventh national league on the strength of a two-run two-out home run by hank Aaron in the last of the sixth lead the american league two to one the only run of the american league came in the third when rod carew drove in freehand who had walked and been sacrificed to second gaylord perry the big tall right-hander ready to throw to san Gian. Breaking pitch to the right side. It's hit. Cruz there doesn't have to move. Throws on to Cash, and Sanguian is a quick out. Manny swings at nearly everything in sight all the time. And he's up there so quickly and out of there so quickly, we couldn't tell you he was hitting 325 on the year with the Pirates. Lee May is singled and lined to left. Perry checks around at his infield and outfield. And throws. Just notice something, Sandy. I don't know why they noticed before. Reggie Jackson of Oakland is wearing a yellow shirt, blouse, and Bando and Rudy are wearing green. 
And Dick Williams is wearing a yellow blouse. The Oakland players, uh, half of them are wearing yellow shirts and half of them green. Breaking pitch is over. It's one ball, one strike to Lee May with one out in the seventh. Gaylord Perry, that hand of his around his hat. Now into the glove. Ready with a 1-1 pitch. Just missed. Two balls, one strike. May in the early season with Houston was in quite a slump and actually booed down there, but has come on to have quite a year and to be voted on to the All-Star squad. 20 home runs, 62 RBIs. Hits this ball to center field. Jackson started to run in. Now must backpedal. Still chasing it and now goes off to his left and hauls it in. Looks like it could be some win. Two down in the National League bullpen now. Tug McGraw, the left-hander from the Mets, is up and throwing. And Clay Carroll, the fine relief pitcher from the Cincinnati Reds, the right-hander. Here's Joe Torrey struck out and fouled out. Well, he asked Earl Weaver, manager of the American League, why did he pick any relievers? He said, what are you talking about? I have Wilbur Wood, who set a record for appearances as a reliever. Wood, only in recent seasons, has been made a starter. Jim, I think this is the first time that uh, any manager has really gone ahead and picked uh, a predominantly a relief pitcher. Uh, usually, they're all starters, and I think it's a great thing. The relief pitchers today in baseball are not necessarily somebody who can't make the starting rotation. They might be the best pitcher on the club, and having two fellows like uh, Clay Carroll and Tug McGraw can't hurt you late in the ball game. Not now as this pitch misses. is two balls, no strikes, to Torrey with two outs. Last of the seventh in Atlanta. Temperature high 80s, very muggy, more rain expected. Game has not been delayed in any way, although there was some rain and they did not take batting practice. Torrey fouls this one off to the right. There was not actually any rain falling with any regularity or an intensity here in Atlanta Stadium at 6.10 Eastern time when they were expected to take batting practice, but rather lightning was in the area and the players, the coaches, the management, everybody said, let's just stay out of that. The 2-1 pitch is a breaking ball and Torrey has his first base hit. A line drive to left field as Rudy goes down to one knee, picks it up and throws it on to Carew at second. A two-out single by Joe Torrey. Perry has given up his third hit. Bill Stoneman, the pitcher, will bat for himself with two outs. Stoneman bats as he throws from the right side. As Spire comes out on deck. Well, there's something. Our little squawk box here tells us that out of those 659 home runs that Aaron had hit in the regular season, Two and two only have come off uh, Gaylord Perry. He got one tonight. That's the difference in the ball game. Perry ready and throws a breaking pitch that Stoneman fouls away. In fact, Jim, uh, there's a mark on the left field wall here that says Hank Aaron 600, and that was one of Gaylord's. Uh, it doesn't have Gaylord's name on it. It has Hank, Hank Aaron on it. Six. And his second all-star and the one that could win this ball game for the National League. Perry has given up some important home runs. It's down low. They're all important. But at times when you notice, number 600, for example, all-star. One ball, one strike. Perry working from the stretch with Torrey on at first. Throws and... Stoneman fishes for a bad pitch down low and away. 
Yeah, I was just thinking, I probably gave up number 300 somewhere, but that's so long ago nobody even remembers. Well, we were talking about that the other night, uh, Sandy. When you were pitching, Hank was a little bit different kind of pitcher. He went with the pitch and didn't try to pull everything. That was your analysis. One ball, two strikes, and back with the pitch, and Stoneman fouls this one off. I don't think he's necessarily uh, any better or worse a hitter, but uh, I think as you get older, uh, a lot of players have to start the bat a little bit quicker, and he's become more of a pull hitter than he used to be. I think part of that is this ballpark here in Atlanta. There's so much foul territory. He was worried that if he hit the ball in the opposite field, maybe hit a pop fly or something down the first baseline, there's, there's a great deal of uh, foul territory on both sides of the field, and that would bother him. Stoneman is called out looking at a third call strike. No runs, one hit, no errors. Torrey left it first. We've gone through seven innings now. The National League leads the American League 2-1. to one. You can beat the world for scotch. Summer camp and baby Atlanta, and a special hello, not only for those of you listening in our country, but around the world on American Forces Network. We understand that we're going live by satellite to Europe. We're being heard in such places as Saigon, Turkey, in the Far East, and of course, in Japan. And we say hello to all of you. Ron Santo has gone in to play third base, replacing Joe Torrey. Two to one ball game as we begin the top of the eighth inning. Stoneman taking his warm up. The American League scored first in the third inning when freehand walk was bunted down to second by Jim Palmer of Baltimore, who worked the first three innings as the American League pitcher and then scored on a Rod Cruz single up the middle. The National League got its two runs in the sixth inning in rapid fire fashion after Gaylord Perry got the first two men out. He gave up a single to Cesar Cedeno who, if he continued on the second, would never have set up Aaron's home run. But he scrambled back to first after getting his single, and Aaron Hank immediately followed, hitting the first pitch over the left field fence for a second all-star home run, and that put the National League in front 2-1. to one. And here we are in the eighth inning. Here, it looks like we're getting a change right now in the ballgame. Al Oliver from the Pittsburgh Pirates just ran out to fit right field, and Henry Aaron is coming off. And I think the reason is obvious, so Hank can get his hand, and he gets the ovation. And that's the kind of thing that Danny Murtaugh would think of. Uh, Danny back this year, after managing the Pirates to the World Championship last year, to manage in the All-Star Game, and one of the nicest men I've ever met in baseball. Al Oliver goes out to right field. Sal Bando up for the first time, 248 on the year, 10 home runs, 50 RBIs. He's the captain of the Oakland A's and takes low from Bill Stoneman. Stoneman working his second inning. Small game, as Sandy pointed out, is not yet two hours old. And here we are in the eighth inning. Fastball hit up the middle, but Morgan is there for the second hop, and the second baseman throws on the May. 
And that's one out. Well, here's the youngster. They call him Pudge. Born in New Hampshire. The third string catcher when the Boston Red Sox started spring training. Suddenly he is their first string catcher. He is, he is hitting 310. 15 home runs. 36 RBIs. Stolen four bases. Carlton Fisk, and he is absolutely amazed and in awe to be here and loves it. Right-handed batter stepping in now against Bill Stoneman with one out in the American League eighth. Stoneman ready and throws, and Fisk is looking all the way as the ball sails outside. It's ball one. National League is won 23. The American League 18, there was one tie. Last year, the American League won it 6-4 six six in a game in which there were six home runs. Another low and away pitch from Stoneman. And there's 2-0. Oh. Make that. Well, it says 2-0. Oh. Now they're changing it as umpire Stan Landis says that was an accidental foul tip. Ball one, strike one. As it changed on the board, we'll change it with you. Stoneman throws a curveball. It is too low. Now it is two balls and one strike. Santo at third, Spire at short, Morgan at second, May at first, Williams in left, Sedano in center, Oliver in right, Sanguian the catcher, and Stoneman has the sign and is ready to throw to Carlton Fisk. Fastball and Fisk in his first All-Star game has a base hit. Well, Perry is out, and Reggie Smith is in. Now, Reggie Smith came on also due to an injury when Otis of Kansas City went out. Reggie Smith was picked, 267 hitter, switch hitter with a lot of power. 11 home runs, 40 RBIs, batting left-handed against Stoneman, the right-hander. And Smith is a little bit better hitter from the left side of the plate. He can hit the ball out of anywhere. First pitch, and he took the big home run swing, but misses. Fisk down at first base with one out. Two to one, the National League. We're in the American League eight. Stoneman is ready, throws him a breaking pitch. It is inside. One ball, one strike. Well, Fisk down at first base has to be absolutely thrilled. Getting a base hit in his first all-star at bat. Ball is fouled away, and it goes over the head of the fellow kneeling on deck. Cookie Rojas. Obviously a nice catch made by a fan up in the stands to her left. One ball, two strikes. The Rojas, the second baseman, is about to bat for Carua's second baseman. Big swing. Way out in front of it, and down swinging goes Reggie Smith. Stoneman has his second strikeout. Cookie Rojas comes on now from the Kansas City Royals. Rojas hitting at 298. Not a power hitter. Two home runs, 39 RBIs. And, of course, Rojas, long time with the Phillies, made it to the All-Star squad before as a National Leaguer. Now here he is as an American Leaguer with two out. Fisk on at first base. Two to one to score the National League. 
Thurman looks at Fisk, who's going nowhere, throws a breaking pitch, it catches the outside corner, strike one. Rojas was voted by the Phillies some time ago as their all-time best second baseman. And they've had a lot of them in that long career of that franchise, the Philadelphia Phillies. Thurman out of the stretch, looking at this, comes back with a breaking pitch. It's in the dirt. Sandian digs it out and bluffs the throw down the first base. One ball, one strike. Lee May has gone all the way, and so is his second base partner, Joe Morgan. They were swapped from for one another. May from Cincinnati to Houston. Morgan from Houston to Cincinnati last winter. Both of them having great years. Breaking pitch, and Ross reaches across the plate, almost as if to punch it to the opposite field and misses. One ball, two strikes. Morgan giving Rojas a great big hole in, on the first base side of second. He's playing almost as if Rojas were a pull hitter, which he's not. But in this situation, uh, with two out, maybe figuring Cookie will try and pull the ball, going for the long ball a little bit more. Breaking pitch. It is hit deep to left field. Williams goes back to the warning track. He is there. And it is gone. Rojas. We said not a power hitter pulled away, and the American League takes the lead, three to two. Soon, Billy Williams got back there, and it looked like he was going to catch the ball. And just as he thought he was going to catch it, he hit the fence. I think if if he had gotten back there right away and been waiting, he would have caught that ball. But just as he ran in, ran into the fence, it looked like it deflected the, his body enough so that he couldn't get the ball. Rojas, the man. One of the men that you would not expect to bust the ball out of here has done so. And I take that back, what I said about Billy Williams. I had the benefit here of looking at it on an instant replay from the television booth, and Billy was back there in time. That ball just was too high. He couldn't reach it. Richie Scheinblum, switch hitter, leads the American League with a 324 average, is up, and Scheinblum is hitting from the left side, and he is a better hitter from there, and it is quickly... Three balls and no strikes as Stoneman is a little upset with himself and quickly misses the shine bloom. Fastball, ground ball, May making another fine play and the two-out, two-run homer of Cookie Rojas has put the American League back on top. And remember, I can't help but remember, Tony Kubek said the final score would be 3-2 to two the American League. Go to the last of the eight. The American League leads 3-2 to two over the National League. You know, I used to hear that old story about uh, when you were in broadcasting, you had to visualize this one, you know, person, and you had to, to broadcast to that one person. And uh, and I got to admit, I uh, never visualized one individual face. I couldn't make them all into one face for some reason. So uh, uh, I think the, the image changes. It changes because of... Uh, what's going on in your head at one particular moment. Uh, you know, a line and a song might come along and all of a sudden you think about uh, your wife or you think about uh, a, a chick that you met yesterday, you know, or something like that. Or you think about a guy that you read into, you know, and you, you relate uh, whatever that particular message is that's happening in your show to somebody else. So get acquainted with Jim Stagg. Evenings from 8 to midnight on WMAQ, the sound of Chicago.
Jim Simpson along with Sandy Koufax. And who would have thought it? The three runs for the American League all come from the leadoff spot. Rod Carew in the third inning drove in one run. And now Rojas replacing him as a pinch hitter. In the eighth inning with his home run drives in the other two. And so all three RBIs have come from the leadoff spot. But of course something has gone to form tonight. And that is the fact that uh, Hank Aaron has hit a home run. Wilbur Wood has come on. Now Wilbur Wood... Longtime member of the White Sox bullpen, while down in the bullpen with a bunch of fellas that could throw the knuckleball, learned the knuckleball. And he's one of the few left-handers that throws it. And Wood has had some kind of season. He is now pitching. He's a knuckleballer. His earned run average is 2.54. He's won 15 ball games. He's lost 10. And I would imagine that young Carlton Fisk, the catch, is going to say, what's this he's throwing? Because he's got to handle Wilbur Wood. Three to two the score. Rojas, of course, stays in at second base. Spire, who lined to right, and his only other time at bat, is up for the second time. Chris from the San Francisco Giants. Wilberwood has already started 29 times this year. Second All-Star game. He was on the squad last year, but did not pitch. First pitch is in the dirt, ball one. Three to two. Gaylord Perry, who gave up the two runs, could be the winning pitcher because Rojas got him back with interest. Ground ball, charging over his grits toward second base, throws on the first to Norm Cash, and there's one out. Very fast ball game. In the last of the eighth inning, and the ball game is about one hour and 50 minutes old, believe it or not. Well, Joe Morgan is up for the fourth time. First time up, he drove Mercer at that time playing center field deep to take his line drive. Since it's fly to left and ground to the second. Left-handed Morgan against the left-hander Wood. Strike. Swinging. Wood is the fourth American League pitcher. Sedano kneels on deck. The strike one pitch. The knuckleball. It misses. It's up high. One ball, one strike. Bando is in on the grass at third base. And yes, this is grass, not artificial turf here in Atlanta. The 1-1 pitch, the knuckleball again, and it's foul down the line and may make the seats and back at third base. Three runs, five hits, no errors for the American League, including the two-run homer of Rojas. Two runs on the home run by Aaron, five hits and no errors for the National League. As we are in the last of the eighth, I'm beginning to wonder, do you think Tony Kubek knew something before the game when he picked the American 3-2? We will never hear the end of it if it comes out that way. <laughs> Foul tipped by Morgan. Well, Tony, we get together, Sandy and Tony and Kurt Gardy and I, at meetings every spring before the baseball season. We all make our own little picks, and Tony picked Detroit over Baltimore in the American League East, and he's letting us know about it. But then I reminded him he picked Minnesota in the American League West. At which point he plans up a little bit. One, two, and the knuckleball is fouled off. Fisk is back looking into the seats. It's going to drop on the screen behind home plate. Wood taking his time as the new ball and is now staring in at Morgan who now steps out and Wood does not like the ball he had so he asks for another one. 
Sometimes, Sandy, you told me many times it just doesn't feel right. You don't know why, but it doesn't feel right. That's true, Jim. And I think even more so for a fellow who throws a knuckleball. Uh, using his seams as much as Wilbur Wood does, he's putting his fingernails actually into the seams. Uh, if the ball doesn't quite feel right to him, it, he's in trouble. So uh, if he gets a ball he doesn't like, he's going to get rid of it. Knuckleball's outside. It's 2-2, and this one is in the dirt, and it's 3-2 now with one out to Joe Morgan. I think the knuckleball in this ballpark uh, is what uh, converted Joe Torre from a catcher to a third baseman. Uh, there are quite a few knuckleball pitchers at one time with Atlanta, and uh, Joe just had a little bit of trouble with it. He said all he did was make friends with the people in the box seats behind home plate. 3-2, ground ball. It is foul and not gloved. Cash gave a wave at it. The ball bounced off his glove in foul territory. Red Shane Deans, coaching at first base, keeps the ball in play. Three balls, two strikes. Atlanta fans, National League fans, want Morgan to get something started here with one out in the National League eighth, and there's the pitch. It's down low, and it's ball four. It skips away from Fisk, and Morgan is on. Wood has walked him, and here comes Cedeno. Situation here also, Morgan, good speed, uh, second in the league in stolen bases, and a knuckleball pitcher on the mound, and Carlton Fisk, the catcher, not handling him very much. Uh, this is probably the first time he's ever had to catch Wilbur Wood. And it's, it's not easy to catch a knuckleball at any time, but a fellow that you don't know what his knuckleball is going to do, that's, uh, that's almost impossible. Morgan, good lead off at first base. Wood, a left-hander, looking at him. Morgan's not going. Big swing and a miss by Cedeno. Well, as happy as Carlton Fisk was with getting a single in his first All-Star at bat, now, as Sandy has pointed out, he is somewhat in the switches. He's got to catch this knuckleballer and keep Morgan, the tying run, close at first base. Cedeno, a dangerous hitter. Al Oliver is on deck. Wood checks over at first base. Morgan is back. Morgan is on his way, and the pitch gets by fist. He can't handle it. I think Morgan had too big a jump for him anyway for the knuckleball, but Fisk couldn't handle it. Stolen base. One ball, one strike to Cedeno. Now Morgan, who leads the majors in runs scored with 81, down at second base. He checks with Charlie Fox. The manager of the Giants is coaching at third. Fisk has walked out to talk to Wood. And the organist here gets the Braves fans, therefore the National League fans alive. Wants Cedeno to do something. He singled and scored ahead of Aaron's home run last time up. Wood ready. It's up high. Fisk has to come up off his haunches to grab that one up around the head of Cedeno. Two balls, one strike. What Carlton Fisk does not want to happen here is the pass ball, which with one out would put Morgan over at third base. And just a fly ball could score him. Swing and a miss. Fisk hold on to it. It's two balls, two strikes. Oliver is not kneeling on deck. He's standing on deck, swinging the bat. Because of that electrical storm, we had no batting practice, remember? But Oliver has not swung a bat since Sunday's game. Two and two in this three to two ball game. The American League leads in the last of the eighth. 
knuckleball, he struck him out and Fisk holds on to it and immediately looks out and down at Morgan. Jimmy out in the American League bullpen now. I think we have the two remaining Baltimore pitchers. Dave McNally, the left-hander, and Pat Dobson, the Baltimore right-hander. Al Oliver, left-handed batter, against the left-hander, Wilbur Wood. Oliver having a great season, hitting 320, eight home runs, 60 RBIs. This an RBI here. We've got a tie, 3-3 ball game. Knuckleball is a strike. Wood throwing as he does with those 29 starts. Not that much grain on his arm, and Johnny Sane and Chuck Tanner in Chicago have been starting him about every third day. Another knuckleball down around the knees, but Oliver goes for it with an uppercut swing at strike two. Tomorrow is Hoyt Wilhelm's 49th birthday, and over the weekend, Wilhelm was released by the Los Angeles Dodgers. I bring it up because he, too, is a knuckleballer. The most famous of them all. This pitch is out of the strike zone. It's one ball, two strikes. Billy Williams is on deck. Dying run at second base. On Morgan, who walked and stole second. Two out, one, two pitch. Ground ball foul at the plate. Fisk doing a good job behind the plate of handling the knuckleball from Wilbur Wood. He's, he's not reaching for anything. He's trying to get in behind every ball. So just in case he doesn't catch it, it might hit him somewhere and keep it from going too far away. Bullbins continue busy as Wood looks in. I wonder what he's looking for. I think he's going to throw the knuckleball. But he's taking a long time out of the stretch now with Morgan leading off at second base. Foul back. Still one ball, two strikes in this three to two ball game. Rojas's home run in the eighth inning. The top of this inning has put the American League back on top. Baltimore's left-hander McNally and right-hander Dobson continue to throw. Wood is ready to throw to the batter. Oliver popped up, left side, Bando back, Rich with him. Bando has it for the third out. And so Wood gets out of what trouble he was in. No runs, no hits, no errors, but Joe Morgan was left down at second base. We've got one more inning of regular play to go, and the American League leads the National 3-2. The 1972 Chrysler Plymouth and Dodge. Torque flight transmission. Unibody construction. Torsion bar suspension. And now, the Chrysler Corporation is in front again with electronic ignition. Which means more dependable ignition voltage. Up to 35% more voltage to fire the spark plugs at starting. And less need for ignition tune-ups. Cold doesn't affect it. Wet doesn't affect it. Engineering excellence in every Chrysler Corporation car. That's what we're driving at. Extra care in engineering. Chrysler Corporation announces electronic ignition. There are no points to wear out, no condenser to replace. The system is virtually maintenance-free, and it's available on most Chrysler Corporation car engines and on some models of Dodge trucks. Extra care in engineering. Isn't it time you took a ride in one of the Chrysler Corporation cars? Chrysler Corporation cars. Your Dodge or Chrysler Plymouth dealer will arrange it. Chrysler Corporation cars. 
Gibson was the first, Blast the second, Sutton the third, Carlton the fourth, Stoneman the fifth, and now Chuck McGraw. The screwball pitcher from the bullpen of the New York Mets has already set a Mets record with 15 saves this season. Comes on left-hander to pitch the American League ninth inning. Going out. Bill Stoneman, who gave up the two runs, could be the losing pitcher on the home run by Cookie Rojas with two outs. Two hits, struck out two, and walked nobody. Let's pause 30 seconds for station identification. Been down to your Ace Hardware store lately? Ace has a real array of garden supplies ranging all the way from flower seeds and fertilizers right down to the hedge trimmers and the power mowers. At Ace, they can fit you out with that green thumb and give you the ideas to assist you in your lawn and garden needs. Be sure and visit your Ace store soon, the store that gives you a wide selection of merchandise and prices that fit into your budget. It's Ace Hardware, the Moore store in Chicago. You're listening to WMAQ in Chicago. The temperature, 67 degrees. With Sandy Koufax, Jim Simpson back in Atlanta, the ninth inning. Reggie Jackson, who along with Bobby Gritch, are the only two men in the American League lineup to work the entire game thus far. Jackson is up for the fourth time. He is two for three. McGraw's record on the year, aside from those 15 saves, been in 27 games, 1-3, lost four, 2.02 earn run average, facing Jackson, left-hander, and there's a strike. Crowd is very quiet, and there's a swinging strike, too. Well, they're going to start calling pretty soon, Sandy. I think they already have for the Most Valuable Player Award. Rojas, Palmer, Perry gave up two runs, could be the winner. Aaron for hitting the two-run home run. Might be a popular vote here in Atlanta. 0-2, but the ball game is not over yet. Jackson has a count of... Two strikes on him. This pitch is up high. One and two. I don't see how uh, it could be anybody else right now but Cookie Rojas. The man walks up as a pinch hitter. Down one run. When he's done, you're up one run. Uh, That's pretty valuable as far as I can see. One-two pitch. Just misses at the knees. Inside, it's two balls and two strikes. American League 3, National League 2. We are in the top of the ninth inning. Tug McGraw pitches, throws, and strikes out. Jackson swinging. The fifth American Leaguer to go down. And Norm Cash up for the first time. Cash, a former American League batting champion, has been in the All-Star game many times before. This time, this year, he's hitting 254, but has 18 home runs and 43 RBIs. Mike Jackson is a left-hander to face the left-hander McGraw and takes ball one. Joe Rudy waits on deck as there's a strike called. One ball, one strike. Rudy has not been up yet.
Draw working quickly is back and misses again. Whoops, that's a strike at the knee. Cash didn't think so, and Landis was a little slow with the call. One ball, two strikes. Cash is behind. And there's strike three looking. Here comes Joe Rudy. Rudy, the Oakland A's, outfielder, hit 300 a couple of years ago, but nowhere near that last year, and then burst on the scene this year as a top hitter. He has since fallen off, no longer leads the league, but is still very much in the running with a 305 average. In the American League, 324, that of Richie Scheinblum is the top mark, as compared, for example, to 355 by Cedeno in the National League. Two out in the ninth inning. McCraw ready, and Rudy watches a low pitch, ball one. Tim, I think uh, the difference in batting averages in the American and National League has to be attributed in a great part to the fact that the National League has so many more artificial infields than artificial playing fields. The ball gets through much quicker, and there are more base hits, especially in Houston where Cedeno's playing. Uh, it's the hardest and the fastest in baseball, I think, and everybody's felt for a long time that somebody in Houston should lead the league in a year now because of those uh, the astroturf there. Fastball from McGraw is over. It's one and one. He's ready to throw again. This ball is laced to the right side over the glove of May. Rudy on his way around first base. Oliver into the hole to pick it up, and seeming into second base is Rudy with a slide and a double. A two-out double. Lee May gave it a big leap, and Lee is well over six feet tall. Timed his leap perfectly, but the ball was just hit too high for him. And now, Bobby Gritch, who, like Reggie Jackson, has gone all the way. He is 0 for 3, hasn't hit the ball out of the infield yet. Baltimore youngster with a great future in his first all-star game. Facing the left-hander McGraw, watches the strike, Rich bats right-handed. An insurance run, which I'm sure that the American League would love to have, Joe Rudy is down at second base. McGraw's ready. This one hits and bounces off the chest of Sanguian after it hit in front of the plate. But Manny picks it up quickly and Rudy is going nowhere. One ball, one strike. Two out in the ninth. Well, McGraw whipped around for the pickoff play, but there's nobody to throw it to for the pickoff. All-star game. I guess that was just McGraw doing his own thing. I doubt that they worked on that because they never had time to work on nothing. One ball, two strikes. He just whirled around, and Rudy started a race back, but Spire was anchored at short, and Morgan at second. One ball, two strikes. Well, taking a lot of time. Now throws. It is down low. Gritch gave it a little wrist movement, but did not bring the bat around. It's two and two. Gritch that time actually brought his wrists forward, but never broke his wrists and started the bat around. Two-two pitch. He strikes him out swinging. Well, he struck out the side, but Rudy got a double in between. No runs, one hit, no errors. Rudy left at second. To the last of the ninth. 
At the moment, the last chance for the National League. The American League leads 3-2. I'm Kyle Rose. Last year, during the World Series, I helped introduce you to the amazing two-bladed razor from Gillette, the Track 2. Since then, over 3 million men have made the Track 2 the most successful new razor in history. Why? Because Gillette discovered an entirely new shaving principle that no one-blade razor can duplicate. Even if you shave twice, took two strokes instead of one, your one-blade razor just can't shave you like the two-bladed Track 2. You try it. It beats any one-blade razor ever made. If you think Firestone's new Radio V1 tire gives you 40,000 miles or more, you're right. If you think the Radio V1 rides rough like some other radios, you're wrong. Radio V1 will give you a really comfortable ride. Firestone is so sure, they'll give you seven days to test ride it. If you don't like the way it handles or rides, you get your old tires and your money back. The 40,000-mile Radio V1. Another people tire. From Firestone. Well, here we are, along with 53,107 others, Jim Simpson with Sandy Koufax in Atlanta, Georgia, in the USA, the 43rd annual All-Star Game. Until last year, the National League had won eight in a row. The American League won last year, Detroit, six games, six to four. And they would love to win tonight in foreign territory. But they got a big... Rode a hole with such hitters as Billy Williams, who will lead it off, and Manny Sanguin to follow, and Leve scheduled to hit after that. And he one of the three with one swing can tie this ball game up. Wilbur Wood, the left-handed knuckleball pitcher, now to throw to Williams, the left-handed. Well, they call him Sweet Williams. Such is his swing. He throws, and there's a ball hit right off the mound and bounces out in the center field, and the tying run, and Billy Williams with none out is on at first base. the first hit off Wilbur Wood. Now here comes Manny Sanguin, and as he comes up, we can guarantee you one thing. This hitter, well over 300 for the season, swings at anything and everything. He is up there to swing. Jim, ordinarily during the season, they say you played a tie at home, but this is an all-star game, and whether or not uh, Danny Murtaugh will have any of his all-stars sacrifice bunt, I would doubt. Uh, the pitcher, yes, but I think some of these hitters... Uh, they're the best in baseball, and he's going to let them swing, I would think. Pitches down low. Well, the National League is getting somebody ready in case we go extra inning. Dan Gian has a count of 1-0 and on him. Fisk has got that problem with that knuckleball again. This pitch is down low, trying to keep it in front of him and not let the runner move down. Well, the Williams can run a little bit. And it just shows you what the knuckleball do to you. Manny Sangin, I don't think, has taken two pitches in a row in three years, but the knuckleball has made him take a few. See if he can hold up for a third. No, he's swinging and fouls it back. Two balls and one strike. Three runs, six hits, no errors for the American League. We're in the last of the night with none out, but Ashley has two runs on six hits, no errors, but the tying run, and Billy Williams down at first base. Down two balls, one strike to Sangin. Ground ball. Back of second base goes Rich. It's beyond him. Williams is on his way around second to third. Jackson is up, goes into second. Runners at the corners with none out. Earl 
comes out to the mound. The manager points at Lee Wire, the second base umpire, and he may right here go for somebody else with Lee May coming up. May, a right-handed batter. And, of course, he's got Dotson down in the bullpen, a right-handed thrower. Pat Dotson, a breaking ball pitcher. Good overhand curve, good slider, down in the bullpen throwing. May is out there, and Wood and the American League in trouble. Tim and I think they're trying to figure out how to handle the situation now if Manny Sangheen is running. If, if Manny's running, do they want to throw through and take a chance that possibly Williams can score from third? Or is the shortstop going to cut it off, or the catcher fake and maybe go to third, or maybe just throw it back to the pitcher? Here's Lee May, one for three, three to two the score. Williams at third, Sanguin at first, none out in the last of the line. Wood throws, swing and a miss. To point out the pressures that are on everybody, we must again point out the pressure that is on Carlton Fitz. Called on to handle a knuckleball pitcher that he's never caught before. A pass ball here could tie the 43rd annual All-Star game. With Williams down off the third base along the line, this pitch and Fisk has to duck low and inside to backhand it and grab it. One ball, one strike. With Ron Santo, himself a home run hitter on deck. Mays had 20 home runs during the regular season. Swing, foul tip. Hit by Fisk, but of course it's foul. It's one ball, two strikes to May. American League leading by a run. But that lead is in danger. Wood ready. May eager. Waits. Fouls it back to the screen. Still one ball, two strikes. Well, the first extra inning ball game was 22 years ago at Red Shandings, coaching down at first base, won it with a home run in the 14th. We may have extra innings here. Maybe the National League will win. Maybe the American League will hold on. Wood is ready. It is low, blocked in the dirt by Fisk. Two balls, two strikes. Carlton went to his knees. Bando at third, Rich at short, Rojas at second, Cash at first. Cash holding Sanguin at first. Back again, ground ball to Gritch. Gritch goes to second base for one. The run scores, tie. It's three to three in the last of line. But one man is out, and May is on at first base. And Ron Santo, a veteran of All-Star Games, hitting 291 with 10 home runs and 38 RBIs, is the batter. Nate Colbert, himself a home run hitter from the San Diego Padres, has come out on deck. 
Wood checks at first base. Neither May at first nor Santo at home plate have any speed to speak of. Wood looking for that ball beat into the dirt. It can be turned into a double play as Wood again checks to make sure that Lee May stays very close to first base. Soon also in this situation, Wood trying to get Santo to commit himself possibly a little earlier to find early to find out if he's going to bunt or be swinging. Swings hard, misses, strike one. Three runs apiece with one out in the last of the ninth. Wood ready, throws again, ground ball, Bando is up with it, goes to second base for one, back to first base, they've got the double play. But the tying run is scored, one run on two hits, no errors, none left. We go to extra innings, it's all tied, three apiece. Ecology, the new crusade, a timely and relevant subject. Are all the dire predictions we hear really true? Here are some facts. By the year 2000, at the present rate of growth, the world's population will reach 7 billion people, double today's population. In America alone, our annual junk pile holds 7 million cars, 100 million tires, 20 million tons of paper, 28 billion bottles, and 48 billion cans. The United States produces 50% of the world's industrial pollution, aided by such other major polluters as Japan and Italy. And where does it all go? Into our already polluted air and into our already polluted rivers, streams, lakes, and oceans. And even nature's remarkable system of balance and control cannot clean up the mess. This is Peter Hackus. If you're concerned, as we all are, about the world we live in, or the world our children might be forced to live in, I invite you to join me Monday through Friday for NBC Emphasis, Our Environment. Well, here we are in the 10th inning of the 43rd Annual All-Star Game. Tug McGraw warming up. The American League scored first in the third inning after freehand walked and was bunted along to second. Rod Cruz singled him home. Cedeno singled in the National League sixth. Aaron followed with a home run to make it 3-2. to two. And then Cookie Rojas did a two-out home run in the eighth to make it 3-2 to two, the American League. And in the ninth inning, Lee May with the infield out scored Billy Williams from third base to tie it at three apiece. And here we are in inning number 10. Sal Bando, who grounded the second base the last time up, is up for the second time. Bando, right-handed hitter. Some of the fans had started toward the exits in the last of the night. Many of them have started to return. Ground ball towards Spire, the shortstop. Slow roller throws on to May and has Bando. That'll bring up young Carlton Fisk, New Hampshire born, American League catcher. On his first All Star at bat, singled and scored ahead of the Rojas home run in the eighth. And Sandy, as a pitcher who respects catchers, I would imagine you'd have to add that Fisk did a very good job with Wilberwood under most trying circumstances. Yes, he did, Jim. Uh, not only in the inning before when he had the base run on first, and you've got a runner at third, especially the tying run late in a ball game like that and a knuckleball pitcher on the mound. That's a very tough situation for any catcher, and this young fellow did a great job. Uh, he handled the ball, and when he couldn't catch it, he blocked it and kept it in front of him. First pitch from McGraw down low. Goes the screwball. Three to three to score. It's ball one, the fist. Right-handed batter. Raw throws and there's a swinging foul. It gets back 
screen behind home plate. May and Morgan, the right side of the National League infield, has gone all the way. Everybody else has been substituted for. We're all taking a little time now for the 1-1 pitch throws, and there's the ball fouled up toward us and hit just below us. One ball, two strikes. Helicopters continually soar around Atlanta Stadium here, obviously, or I would at least think, taking pictures for tomorrow morning's newspapers of the vast crowd here on a hot and humid night. McGraw is ready and throws the ball. It goes down low. Fist swings and misses. Van Gien dropped the ball, but tagged him out. Dude, what a job Tuck McGraw has done. He struck out four. He gave up that one hit uh, where he hit uh, batter Joe Rudy on the fist. It wasn't hit hard, but other than that, he struck out all the other hitters he's had to face. Well, Lou Pinella is going to bat for Wilbur Wood. Pinello from Kansas City almost gave up baseball not too many years ago, and then in his late 20s came on to be Rookie of the Year, and this year's hitting 317, nine home runs, 46 RBIs. As his nine home runs demonstrate, he can hit the long ball, but he's a line drive hitter and hits to all fields. Two out in the 10th inning, and there's a ground ball that's fired towards the charges of shortstop and throws Nash Pinello by five or six steps. The draw's done again. A fine job. The runs hit Terrera as we go to the last of the 10th. The American League 3, the National League 3. Hi, this is Joe Garagiola. Say, are you looking for your definition of sports? Well, to some people, it's a world of statistics. Now, others think only about the superstars. And there are even those who think that sports is simply a matter of winning and losing. But let me tell you something. I think that people who really like sports care about bullpen catchers as well as superstars. They care about how a player feels, not just what the stat sheet says. I think the real sports fan knows that winning and losing are important, but so are the people who win and lose. On my sports show every day on NBC, we talk about people. Superstars, sure, but we talk about the guys who'll never be superstars. And we talk about the most important people in sports, the ones who buy the tickets to see the games. If you're a sports fan, join me right here every day for the Joe Garagiola Sports Show. And if you're not a sports fan, drop by anyway. We might be able to share a laugh. Dave McNally, the new pitcher, as he warms up, we pause 30 seconds for station identification. Have you been to your Ace Hardware store recently? Why don't you make it your do-it-yourself chores a whole lot easier? Ace has got a big selection of power and hand tools for you, and there's plenty of nationally advertised electric drills, power saws, and jigsaws, plus hammers and pliers. If you need nails any size, Ace has got them. We suggest you head down to your favorite Ace store, the store that gives you popular prices, a tremendous selection of merchandise, and more value and more service. It's Ace Hardware, the more store in Chicago. WMAQ, Chicago. Tim Simpson with Sandy Koufax. Well, Sandy, this is the seventh extra inning All-Star game in history, and if history repeats, the National League has won all six others. Nate Colbert of San Diego will lead it off in the tenth inning for the National League, hitting a 232 with 22 home runs and 64 RBIs. A long ball man against 
Dave McNally, who's won 10 and lost 7 with a 2.46 earn run average, a left-hander from the Baltimore staff, perennial 20-game winner. 3-3 three to three the score, and the pitch from McNally's a fastball outside, ball one to the right-handed swinging Nate Colbert. Big tall man dressed in a gold of the San Diego Padres with brown trimmings. Spire is on deck, and there's a swing and a miss by Colbert. One ball, one strike. Down in these extra innings, and everybody knows, including you, one swing and the ball game could end just like that. Swing and a miss. One ball, two strikes. Three runs on six hits, no errors for the American League. The National League, which tied it in the last of the ninth, three runs, seven hits, and no errors. Down low, this ball bounces in front of home plate. This pulls it up. It's two and two. Nally ready again. This ball is fouled back over our heads behind home plate. Still two balls, two strikes. Remember out in Anaheim in 1967? Ball game out there that won 15 innings. There were something like 30 strikeouts. National League won that one, too. The only run the American League got in that one was a home run by Brooks Robinson, who started this game and is now gone. Two and two the count. Now he throws high and away, and on the first batter, he has gone all the way. Three balls, two strikes. And if he should walk Colbert here, there's another very offensive weapon in the National League uh, dugout. Uh, you've got a fellow like Lou Brock in there. You put him on to run... Uh, He's got a pretty potent asset. He has put him on. Ball four, high and away. Spire, as Colbert is staying in the ball game. Sandings goes over and pats him. Spire steps in. Chris is lined to right and grounded a shortstop. It's 78 degrees. Does that mean what it is at 11 o'clock at night, our time? I think they said at game time, which uh, if that was that. what it was, the humidity Fire is up there to bust. A little bit higher. McNally picks it up, must go to first down. The winning run is down at second base with one out. Well, here is Morgan. Joe has played all the way. Hit one ball hard in the first inning. Lined to center field, fly to left, grounded to second base, and then walked and stole a base in the eighth inning. But Morgan now, with Sedano coming out on deck, each has a chance to end this game in a 4-3 victory for the National League with their 24th win against 18 losses and a tie. Out there to try to stop them is Dave McNally of Baltimore. Mando in on the grass at third base. Nally ready to throw. Left-handed to left-hander. It's high and inside. That's ball one. Nobody 
is working in either bullpen. Dave McNally is kidded by his teammates as being very, very lucky at all times. Let's see how his luck holds in this All-Star game. Pitch misses. It's 2-0. Missed inside again to Morgan. Soon they call him McLucky, but you don't uh, you don't win as many ball games as he has the last three or four years just being lucky. He's also a very good pitcher. Uh, I would have to think that he's not quite right tonight. Dave having a bit of control trouble. That's not his usual game. Usually very sharp with his control. 2-0 pitch. Swing. Fouled off. Two balls, one strike. Crowd here. It's just like someone has cocked the gun. If they pull the trigger, they will go wild. Their man, Hank Aaron, has left, but not before hitting a two-run home run that temporarily gave the National League the lead two to one. That was in the last of the six. Two balls, one strike. Morgan waits. McDowell throws. Ground ball. Chasing it in foul territory is Norm Cash, and he gloves it. Two and two. Nate Colbert trots back to second base. last extra inning game was what, Sandy? Two years ago down in Cincinnati when Pete Rose barreled into Fossey in the 12th inning. Actually won that extra inning game. As we said, they have won all six previous extra inning games in all-star play. Two and two, McDowell's ready. Throws, drive into right field. Bounces between Kindblum. Here comes Colbert. The ball game is over. National League wins four to three. the loser and that's seven for seven in the extra inning department the final score the American League three runs six hits no errors the winning National League four runs eight hits and no errors we'll be back with a resume of tonight's game right after this message This weekend, sit back, relax, enjoy your leisure. You spent all week on a job. You've been pleasant, cooperative, industrious, inventive, clever, and occasionally brilliant. Or you spent this week coping with three kids who have chicken pox, planning 15 appetizing, vitamin-rich meals, washing 346 separate dishes, 27 pots and pans, settling 14 arguments, and still managing to look gorgeous when he comes home. Congratulations. This weekend with no 9 to 5 deadlines, no school, no committee meetings, unlax a little. Let someone else cater to you, like for instance, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis, Tom Jones, Barbara Streisand, Gene Shallot, Cindy Adams, Ed McMahon, Joe Garagiola, Kurt Gowdy, Ted Brown, Jim Lowe, Bob Considine, Dr. Joyce Brothers, and even me, Gene Rayburn. We're all yours at the flick of a dial every weekend on Monitor and NBC Radio. Elsa. Sandy, the statistics will show that the National League has won its seventh consecutive extra inning game. They have now won 
24, lost 18, tied one, and as most of these games have been in recent years, it is another one-run ball game. Now, six of these last eight ball games in the All-Star play have been won by a single run. The short score, four runs, eight hits, no errors for the National League. The winning hit, a single by Joe Morgan, scoring Colbert, who had walked from second base. The American League, three runs, six hits, and no errors, and the losing pitcher was Dave McNally, who worked only the 10th inning. Home runs, Rojas with two on to give the American League the lead in the eighth inning. Aaron, who gave a two-run, who had a two-run home run in the sixth to give the National League a temporary lead. Four to three, Sandy, and what else is there to say? Not much, Jim. Uh, I think it was a well-played ball game. Uh, a little different than you would during the regular season. Maybe a few places where you would have butted it normally during the season where you didn't tonight, but you've got this kind of player going for you. You let them do whatever they can. Let them play the game, and that's what Danny Murtaugh did, and Danny's always done that in the All-Star game, and that's what makes it so much fun to watch. All right, Sandy Koufax, our thanks to you, and we look forward to your induction of the Hall of Fame next month. Our producer tonight, Len Dillon of NBC New York, our engineer, Julian Clark of radio station WSB here in Atlanta, Georgia. And this broadcast has been authorized under broadcast rights granted by the Commissioner of Baseball. Solely for the entertainment of our listening audience. Any publication, rebroadcast, or other use of the descriptions and accounts of the game without the express consent of the Commissioner of Baseball is prohibited. Now this is Jim Simpson along with Sandy Koufax in Atlanta, Georgia. Tonight's 43rd Annual All-Star Game has been brought to you by Chrysler Corporation, Extra Care and Engineering. Your host today, your local Dodge dealer and your local Chrysler Plymouth dealer. And by the dry look. The wethead is dead. Long live the dry look from Gillette. The final score once again, the National League 4, the American League 3, and 10 innings. This has been an NBC Radio Network production. Hey!